from the high desert in the great American Southwest. I bid you all good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the world's prolific time zones. Every single one of them covered by this program, Coast to Coast AM. I'm Art Bell, and this would be the weekend version, starting again with sad news. Matt Drudge, and many of you will not have heard this, it's only moments old. Matt Drudge is reporting that Christopher Reeve is dead. Very sad. Superman, they've got a picture up there of Superman. Christopher Reeve, dead. Details unknown. The family will release details apparently on Monday at the earliest, but that's that's the late word. And I suppose we could have some... Uh, Small amount of hope that it might not be true, but Matt Drudge reporting on his site that uh, Christopher Reeve is dead. Matt, Matt Drudge is good. You know, Matt really is good at what he does on the net. And then, and then there is my, <laughs> my webcam photo. Now, we were having some pretty wicked thunderstorms uh, this afternoon here in the desert and uh, as you know I have many you know many towers up but I have one particularly large one uh, directly behind my house that rises a hundred feet into the air and it's about three thousand pounds of steel you know and I have antennas on top of that and <laughs> this afternoon uh, Ramona came and said hey you better come out and take a look at this and I went out and took a look and uh, here was here was a tornado beginning to form in the sky, a tornado, and you know we're in Nevada, right? And it was definite circulation. So I, I, I well actually I said, oh darn, oh you know a variation of that, and uh, ran inside and I got my camera. And I thought, well if it's going to touch down, it didn't. Thankfully, thank God, if it's going to touch down, I might as well get a picture of what did it. So I, I ran out, got a camera, and there, there's a picture that would strike, I mean, the pucker factor for an amateur radio operator with a tower like this over his house is real high, 8, 9, 9.5. So that's, <laughs> that was taken several hours ago, and uh, it was a real, real high pucker factor. So, you might want to take a look at that. You just go to the website, coasttocoastam.com, and it's in the upper left-hand corner. And if you look carefully, you can pick out the circulation without any trouble at all. I had to send that to the local newspaper. You don't get a lot of tornadoes here in Nevada, but there you are. Um, it's a big welcome to Iraq for Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, the United States may be able to reduce its troop levels in Iraq after the January elections if security is strengthened, it says, and the Iraqi government forces uh, continue to expand and improve. But while our defense secretary was there, a lot of things blew up. Cars blew up, 11 people dead, including an American soldier. So I don't know. You know, you you hear... Differing reports coming from Iraq. There's some good news, and there has been a little bit of good news lately, but the bad news seems to be continuing. The Senate late Sunday received a dispute, a resolved one actually, a delaying passage of a sweeping corporate tax bill and two spending bills for disaster relief and homeland security. 
Call it the law of unintended consequences, uh, perhaps. A new national backup system meant to ensure that millions of eligible voters are not, uh, you know, mistakenly somehow turned away from the polls this year could end up, they say, be becoming as infamous as Florida's hanging chads. Congress, boy, this news you want just before the election, right? Congress required uh, conditional or provisional voting as part of election fixes passed in 2002 for the first time. All states must offer a backup ballot to any voter whose name somehow doesn't appear on the rolls when the voter comes to the polling place November 2nd. That'll be handy for the illegal aliens. If the voter is later found eligible, then the vote counts. Okay. All right. Mount St. Helens. Uh, let's see. Mount St. Helens, a lot of, I have a lot of friends I talk to up there. I've been trying to urge them to quickly send their radio equipment to me while it can still be saved. Anyway, Mount St. Helens vented a new column of steam Sunday, a lazy plume that rose out of the crater of the snow-dusted volcano. The billow of steam rose from an area where a large upswelling of bulge of rock, rock bulging is always bad, has been growing on the dome-shaped formation of rock in the crater. The plume rose several hundred feet above the 8,364-foot volcano. It lost about 1,000 feet in the last eruption. And light wind slowly blew the whole thing toward the south and the southeast. In a moment, some of the other news that otherwise uh, you may have missed elsewhere. <laughs> As you know, over the years, I have spoken to you ever so many times about our atmosphere and our weather and the fact that what's going on could change just like that. Now, a lot of scientists, of course, don't believe that, and they don't think that very large storms, the size of a, for example, a global superstorm, what we would call that, could even occur. There's not enough energy for it, and, you know, things are just happening at a predictable rate. Well, maybe not. Here's, here, this just in from, <laughs> where else, the Independent in London. You wouldn't see this printed here. If you do, it'll be a, an, an amazement to me. Uh, the headline is, Surprise CO2 Rise May Speed Up Global Warming. Listen to this. The rate at which global warming gases are accumulated in the atmosphere has taken a sharp leap upwards, uh, leading fears uh, and generating fears and continuing them, that the devastating effects of climate change may hit the world even sooner than has been predicted. Atmospheric levels of carbon dioxide, the principal greenhouse gas, have made a sudden jump that just cannot be explained by any corresponding jump in terrestrial emissions of CO2 from power stations, motor vehicles, and so forth, because there has been none. Some scientists think that instead that the abrupt speed-up just might be evidence of the long-feared climate change feedback mechanism by which global warming causes alterations to the Earth's natural systems and then in turn causes the warming to increase even more rapidly than before. Runaway. Feedback. Such a devel development would mean 
The worldwide droughts, agricultural failures, sea level rise, increased weather turbulence and flooding, all predicted as consequences of climate change would arrive on a much shorter time scale than present scenarios might suggest, and the world would have much less time to coordinate its response. Oh, I'm so shocked. Only last month, Tony Blair expressed anxiety that global warning's dire effects would arrive not just in his children's lifetime, because you can write that one off easily, right? Say, poor kids, and then not think much more about it, but rather in his own and would radically alter human existence. The feedback phenomena already has been predicted in the supercomputer models of the global climate on which the current forecasts of warming are based. Now, a key aspect is the weakening caused by the warming itself of the Earth's ability to remove huge amounts of CO2 from the atmosphere by absorbing it annually in its forests and oceans in, so-called, in the so-called carbon, uh, carbon cycle. The forests and oceans are referred to as carbon sinks. In other words, a, a sink, they, they absorb carbon. Hitherto, however, that weakening has been put decades into the future. Well, guess what? The possibility that may, it may actually be occurring now is suggested in the long-run atmospheric CO2 measurements that have been made since 1958 at the observatory uh, on the top of uh, Mauna Loa at 11,000 feet in Hawaii by American physicist Charles Keeling from the University of California, San Diego. When he began, um, he was finding about um, 315 parts per million uh, after the uh, today, after the remorseless increase in emissions from power stations and motor vehicles over the past four and a half decades, a figure stands at 376 parts per million. The growth is what scientists believe is causing the Earth's atmosphere to warm up as the increasing CO2 retains more and more of the sun's heat. And in the atmosphere, it's kind of like, I don't know, pains of a greenhouse. And so you can see, well, anyway, but the worry now is not merely the swelling volume of CO2, but the sudden leap in its increase, in its rate of increase across all 46 years of his measurements. The average annual CO2 rise has been about 1.3 parts per million, although in recent decades it's jumped to about 1.6 parts per million. You may recall on last night's program, a Dr. Doom talked about an African encounter in which about 60 children encountered, uh, well, they had a close encounter, definitely of the third kind, uh, a creature, several craft, and I've got uh, any number of stories about it here, detailed stories about this occurrence in Africa. And so everything he said is absolutely correct. And again, remember, this is at least a couple of dozen children that were interviewed by Dr. Mack. And according to Ed, the tapes, the interviews with the children were very specific with, with regard to the message that the being delivered to them. And that and it was in part that the earth is uh, dying. And so that one bristles the back of my neck a little bit, to be honest with you. It really does. 
that many, I mean, for one thing, it's children. For another thing, it involves many of them. For a, a third thing, they all drew what they saw, the craft and all the rest of it. And then for another, in the interviews, they all related the same message sent to them telepathically by that creature. That in part, the earth is dying, so... <laughs> It's hard to reject, you know, just out of hand, reject that kind of evidence in my mind. Oh, here's a nice one. Killer flu resurrected in the lab. Well, you knew they were going to try to do it, right? Apparently, they have had success. Scientists have shown that just tiny changes to modern flu viruses could render them every bit as deadly as the 1918 strain, which killed millions of people across the globe. Oh, wonderful. A U.S. team added just two little genes from a sample of the 1918 virus to a modern strain known to have no effect on mice. But now animals exposed to the composite were dying within days of symptoms similar to those found in the humans back in 1918. It's all published in the very prestigious journal Nature if you want to read it was all, it says, all these tests were carried out under the tightest security. Experts focused on just two genes thought to play a key role in the infection process. One controls the production of a spike-like molecule called HA, believed to be used by flu viruses to attach themselves to the cells that they're about to infect. Previous research uh, published earlier this year in the journal Science identified the HA gene as being the crucial element which made the 1918 virus so deadly, and the latest work would appear to confirm this. So, in other words, in lab, they've taken uh, the latest flu virus, whatever that happens to be, and H-aided around a little bit, and now they've got something every bit as deadly as a 1918 virus. Lucky us. Keep it in the lab, guys. Then, of course, you know, there's a lot, there's a whole lot of worry right now that the uh, bird flu and the standard human virus are going to get together somewhere, probably in China, and spread like wildfire. Not saying it's happened, but there's so much talk of it. It's almost like it's like the anthrax thing, or you know, some of the other talk. You know, there's so much, and then it happens. Now, scientists now also fear that seals, dolphins, otters, birds, falcons, even honeybees are headed toward a unisex existence that would lead for them, obviously, to extinction. Mother Nature is taking over. An extraordinary feminization process has begun to affect Britain's wildlife. Now, listen to me. These are stories that you want to pay attention to when I read them. You really do, because you're not going to hear them elsewhere. Scientists warn it could ultimately dismantle the evolutionary process that has existed for three and a half billion years. A trend first noticed in whelks is beginning to spread rapidly among other wildlife species in the food chain. The first national survey of 42 rev rivers by the UK Environment Agency has just been completed, and guess what it found? A third of male fish are growing female reproductive tissues and organs. Effects were most pronounced in the younger ones. 
raising obvious grave implications for future stocks. Uh, quite a few uh, species now are affected, seals, dolphins, birds, falcons, honeybees, all headed toward a unisex existence. Well, <laughs> it would be a very short existence indeed, right? And why do they think this might be happening? Well, chemicals found in plastics, food packaging, shampoos, pesticides, all have accumulated in the environment, and they're turning the males into females. So, this environment thing, if you do the right reading in the right places, and um, England has been really good about getting things out that are not ballyhooed here at all, we don't, we don't air this kind of stuff except on this program. If you begin to put it all together, I mean, there's some pretty obvious directions that we're headed in. In fact, that might be a, a good reason for you to call tonight. What do you think is going on? We're going to go to open lines here. Sure. Oh, top of the hour. Top of the hour. Uh, Zeph Daniel's going to be here, and it's going to be a strange program. Zeph Daniel was a victim of satanic ritual abuse and mind control as a child, and he believes, and, and abduction, he thinks that that he's on to why uh, the abductions are occurring and what it's all about, and so it's going to be an interesting, a very interesting interview, I suspect, uh, Zeph Daniel, tonight. Now, this was a very interesting email I got from one of you out there. Hey, Art. I'm listening to your show on the stream link right now. Oh, by the way, that reminds me, I didn't bring it in here, but, you know, every now and then HBO and Showtime and all of those services, they have, uh, you know, free weekends, right? So you can get a sample of what they've got, and they put all their best movies forward, your best foot, right, on that weekend, and then they hope you order. Well, we're going to do something like that on Streamlink. Streaming link is the service that allows you to download programs, listen to programs. It's pretty cool. And uh, I'm being handed something here. Yeah, okay, here it is. I, I knew what it was anyway. This is uh, Ramona handed me the stream link announcement. So I'm not going to go through all this. It, it's free next weekend. We're doing a free stream link weekend. So it'll give you a chance if you wish to sample all the goodies that those who do pay for Streamlink get. It amounts to about, uh, I don't know, 15 cents a day or something. It's not much. Anyway, this gentleman was listening on Streamlink, and he writes, I'm compelled to let you know the results from some experiments I did. You remember the show we did about plants? Well, he says, so I sent love to one plant, and I sent hate to the other. This was now several months ago. Real hate. I had taken two healthy starts from the same plant, put them in water in my kitchen window every time I went to the sink. I'd send a nice, loving, encouraging thought to one plant on the left and a hateful, discouraging death thought to the right one. Within two weeks, the plant on the right was deader than a doornail and, and the, the one on the left, it was flourishing. I frankly thought the whole thing was pretty profound. What do you think, Terry? 
Well, Terry, I think it is profound, and I think it's real, and I think that the guests that we've had on the program on this particular subject are dead on. I mean, there's a lot about plants and animals that we don't understand. We don't know about it. We just don't know. So, you know, there's a lot about our minds we don't know, and obviously your mind has the ability to communicate in some manner with a plant, some way that we don't understand, may never understand in my lifetime. It's quantum. It's at the quantum level, certainly. But I don't know. Give it a try yourself if you can. If you want to risk killing one of your plants to prove it to yourself, it would be murder. But you could do it. All right. We've got a heck of a show ahead. Open lines coming right up. Stay right where you are. See her lying back in her satin dress In a room where you do what you don't confess To access the audio archives of Coast to Coast AM Log on to coasttocoastam.com Carefully, the numbers are a little different on the weekend, and we're about to go into open lines. So, if it applies to you, here it comes. To talk with Art Bell, call the wildcard line at area code 775 727 1295. The first time caller line is area code 775 727 1222. To talk with Art Bell from east of the Rockies, call toll free at 800 825 5033. From west of the Rockies, call Art at 800 618 8255. International callers may reach Art Bell by calling your in-country Sprint Access number, pressing option 5, and dialing toll-free And so it begins. East of the Rockies, you are on the air. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. What is your first name? 
My name is George. George, and you're calling me from where? Uh, around Columbia, Missouri. Missouri. Well, I might have guessed. Um, all right, George, what's up? Well, uh, in my opinion, I think we've got too many people in the world, and uh, nature's going to do what the locusts do. You know, every so many years, locusts go through a deal where they, uh, mm -hmm. I think it, it's a human's turn here in the near future. Oh, you think so? Well, um, I can't disagree with you. I, you know, Mother Nature never gets angry. She just gets even. And so if the scales are unbalanced in some way, then Mother Nature balances them. Yes, sir, she does. Mm, it's like hurricanes. If you have a lot of uh, really warm water and excess temperature, then Mother Nature attempts to take that and convert it to a cooler temperature with violence. Lots of violence, like really big hurricanes, like hurricanes the size of which, well, tornadoes, violent weather of all sorts. Now, take a look at my webcam. That's, uh, that's pretty weird stuff. I mean, tornadoes in Nevada. It, it, it gave me, well, with that 3,000-pound steel tower that you're looking at there, looked like it was aimed right at it to me. <laughs> it was a, obviously uh, a circulation, but it was airborne. It never came down to the ground, but it could have. And huh, I'd have been like Dorothy, I suppose, in Nevada yet. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, hello, Lord. I'm going to turn my radio off. There's yeah, oh, absolutely. That's yes, the first I thing know. you ought to do. Um, this is, uh, I'm Michael. I'm calling from Phoenix, listening to 550 KFYI. Yes, sir. And I'm calling about the uh, hormone thing. Uh, I've been aware for years that uh, I remember an article long ago talking about just shampoos have some uh, female hormones in them, and they were even saying then, talking about uh, uh, these uh, uh, young girls, uh, how uh, young girls seem to be developing faster, yeah, sooner but, than we remember. Yeah, but we're, we don't want young boys developing into young girls. And, well, now that's true. That's and what one of this the article things, is. Uh, now, there have been a lot of mutations lately. Uh, I remember just recently there was a story, uh, I believe it was UPI or whatever, George read it, mm -hmm. uh, talking about a, uh, in India, a uh, fella uh, had uh, raised peacocks and he had a peahen, his, his prized peahen. His well, I, I read that story. Yes, I, I, I know. Yeah, yeah and uh, so there are mutations, but I think uh, the problem is, that yes, there are too many uh, uh, female hormones. I mean, the cattle and the milk for milk production. Uh, uh, they drink the milk. Well, we, they, it carries the hormones they inject in the cattle to increase milk production. Yes, but this is no minor matter. I mean, if you get nothing but the female of any species, and when you're talking, what, what are they talking about here? Let's read this again a little bit. Se uh, seals, dolphins, otters, other birds, uh, falcons, honeybees. They're all beginning to turn into females, and that, of course, as, as you know, as soon as one generation of that happens, it's it's over, baby. It's over, and if it's happening this high in the food chain, in the mammal chain, you know, we're not that far above some of these, particularly dolphins, right? We're not that far above. So, at what point? Does the world begin to pay attention to these things? CO2, they're talking about the runaway switch has already been thrown. Mammals pretty high on the chain turning into all females. I mean, you know, this is getting to be, it seems to me, 
pretty serious stuff. I'm not reading you science fiction now. I'll tell you when I'm doing that. We do plenty of that on this program. But I'll also tell you when I'm reading legit articles, you know, from Great Britain. These are all warning bells going off, you know. Big, serious, loud warning bells going off. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hello, yeah. Um, I uh, was wondering about remote viewing. They were talking about it, but um, Ed Danes never really gave a, a real clear definition of what, what, it, what, what about it is? remote viewing, other words, um, allows him to see these things. All right. If you listened very carefully last night, Ed Dames told you that he understands the mechanics of it. He understands the discipline of remote viewing, how to implement it, how to do it successfully, and now even may, you know, he may have made a leap forward in being able to get it right down to GPS coordinates. But he also said very clearly, sir, he doesn't even have a clue what medium he's going through or how you know, how he's doing what he's doing. He admitted that. Right. So he just said these things just kind of come to him, in other words, and well, he tries well, to understand them. Well, uh, yes. Again, it probably is related to something quantum. Um, we don't know. It's occurring at the speed of thought, not light. The speed of thought. And that apparently is instantaneous. So Ed Dame's own words last night, he does not understand uh, the medium that he does this through only how to do it. And he has refined the method of doing remote viewing, certainly since he was in the CIA uh, program. Wildcard Line, you are on the air. Hello. 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 Yes. Art? That would be me, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. About four, several years ago, I sent you a, a stone to the mail. You sent me a, a stone? Pitched on it, painted on it. Oh, with a cat painted on it. I remember that. Did you? Did you like that? Yes, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I just kind of curious, that's all. That's it, huh? Yeah, we'll do it. All right, take care. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Mr. Bell? Yes, that would be me. Um, I just had a quick question. Sure. On uh, George Norris' program the other night when he was talking about the uh, John Tedor. Yes, the uh, supposed alleged time traveler. He said somebody in 98 sent you a uh, fax on... Uh, skyscraper in New York being knocked down. Didn't say he was John Tedor, but kind of talked like him. You know, um, that may well be that, sir. That was back during the time when, uh, early in the even the network program, I used to maintain a fax machine here and give my fax number out on the air. I had tens of thousands of faxes. Uh, I had this machine called a Gerstentner, which finally just sort of like an old, you know, beat up something or another, it expired. I mean, it had spit out one too many faxes, and it went... <laughs> so, anyway, bottom line, I got so many faxes that probably I, you know, I can't tell you. Okay, just wondering about that. All right, Taker, I'm sorry, that should have, of course, stuck out in my mind, but I do get a lot of things, you know, like that, and, and I would not necessarily have said, my God, we better save this skyscraper. Tens of the hundreds of thousands of faxes. Finally, uh, the computer came along an email, thank God. And, and speaking of that, if you would like to get hold of me, there are two ways to do it. I am Art Bell, A-R-T-B-E-L-L at uh, mindspring.com. Art Bell at mindspring.com or Art Bell at AOL.com. Uh, West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, uh, Mr. Bell. Yes. 
Yeah, it's kind of about that uh, femalization of the genes and the hormones. Feminization, yes. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of a woman named uh, Dr. Helen Caldicott? That is a familiar name. She's uh, out of Australia. Yes. And um, I heard a speech uh, by her, oh, years and years ago, and it's uh, a little bit wacky, but uh, she she had her audience envision um, putting birth control in the world's waters and everybody just having a nice life and enjoying everything and... What the, yeah. the world would be a better place if the world if the uh, planet were feminized? Well, not so much feminized, but just depopulated. Given another chance to start over, yeah. Because <laughs> if you if you look at what we've done to the world, what we continue to do, um, you know, it, it's a little bit of a crazy idea, but it. Uh, well, it, you know, listen. Uh, you heard the stories I read tonight, right? Yeah. And that I collect and read nearly every weekend. These are getting more serious and more serious and more serious every uh -huh. every week I'm here. Uh, the feminization of mammals and birds and dolphins and, you know, the killer flu stuff we're experimenting with. Right. And, my God, what's going on in the world <laughs> right now? Yeah, well, just uh, kick it around and, uh, I don't know, it might not be such a bad place if... Uh, if we weren't around for a while, and uh, huh. I don't know. Huh, huh, huh. All right. Well, thank right. you, Art. Right. Thank right. you, sir. Have a cheery morning. Might not be such a bad place if we weren't around, huh? Huh. I, I have to think about that a little bit. I'm not sure what all this is working toward, but the quickening is well underway. Well underway, isn't it? In, in every aspect in which I originally called this the quickening, it's, it's well underway. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Mr. Bill. Hi. Um, I've got a prediction for Mount St. Helens. Really? It um, has been told to me intuitively that it's going to blow in the second week of November. Really? And I've been told that there will be... Very little loss of life, maybe no more than 40 to 80 people total. That's it's going to take away 22% of the uh, uh, ocean front in that state. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a very large explosion. Yeah. Um, it's going to take 22% of the... Yes. Yes. What kind of batting average sure. uh, do you have with regard to predictions? Oh, boy. 10%, 20%, 80%? I'd say over over 60 on certain things. Okay. Um, All right. In general, 80% probably, or, oh, 90, 80, or 90%. 90? Uh, well, no, that, I, I wouldn't go as high as that. I would say... I would say 82. 82%. Uh, all right. Well, that, that was quite a range you jumped through there. Anyway, there you have it. Well, I guess Mount St. Helens is bound blow, right? Uh, one Eventually, it's going to go again, and probably sooner than later. West of the Rockies, you are on the air. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say something about Dr. Helen Caldicott. She's a she's an Australian pediatrician mm. who was one of the founders of Physicians for Social Responsibility. Dr. Bernard Lown was the other 
Well, was she actually calling for handing out birth control pills? Worldwide? No, you know, honestly, I find that hard to believe. She, 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 you know, she, she's focusing on nucle- nuclear proliferation, mm-hmm. and she's back in the state. She's got an office in a new organization in Washington D.C. And both Kerry and Bush, as you know, recently said that that's our biggest problem. I really doubt that she would have said something like that. How would you feel if the world were filled with nothing but your sisters, you know, women? Oh, I think that would be really sad. Yes. But I do think that the world should be uh, led shoulder to shoulder with men and women in equal representation, and then we would get a bifocal perspective on things, which is what we really need. Well, I mean, let's imagine, and it's not all that hard to imagine in, in view of the story I've got right here, I mean, what if the world did become all feminine? Uh, well, of course, I suppose there could be some miracle performed by science to continue us somehow, but basically the world would change if, if women were, you know, what? Oh, yeah. Well, women look at things very differently from men. Would wars end? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Women see further ahead, you know, from time immemorial they've had to figure out ways to avoid conflict. Well, yeah, but I've seen these pictures of women down on the floor running, uh, just ripping each other's hair out and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That. Well, those, are, you know. Calling each other the B word. That's a small segment. Well, I know, but it always, that's all it takes is a small segment of wild women. Well, that's true. All it takes is a small segment of nutty men in, in the White House, too, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I hear these words, and I get a chill when you say something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, maybe there is something that women know. Have you noticed your wife or your girlfriend whispering to other women things that are meant only for the ear of another inheritor of the world? Hmm. <laughs> Wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. I've got a... I've got a it's another world leader for me here. What's that? Yeah, I say it's another world leader for me here. Oh, really? Not me. No, huh? Uh, I have a, well, I have a, a story and I have a question um, about gold. Do you? Yes. When it's buried in the ground, yes. say clay kind of soil, yes. how much do you think it would sink down in? Gold? Over the years. Did you bury some? I didn't bury it myself. Mm, you know somebody who buried it? Yes. And you're going to go looking for it? And you're wondering how far down to look? <laughs> I think somebody else is already ahead of me. <laughs> Ed? Yeah, they're ahead of me. Yeah, they, you know, they, I, I got a, a bunch of funny messages last night. People saying, hey, that's my damn gold. You better not set foot anywhere near it. <laughs> well, this farm has been in my family for uh, it's several decades. Okay. Going back to the 20s and 30s. Send me an email with the address. With the address? Yeah. Okay, and I have something else. Uh, <laughs> okay? Uh, I wouldn't do what that. What you were already. saying about all the carbon monoxide and the bad stuff in the air we breathe? Yes. Well, the, the, the real bad news, ma'am, is that the carbon dioxide uh, hurry-up switch may have just have been thrown, according to the story, and now it's increasing exponentially. They've just dug a big old garbage pit across the road from me. 
They yeah. exhumed a whole pile of garbage and pulled it up and piled it up in big piles. Yeah. And dug a great big hole, and they're hauling in fill daily, and they're they're digging all around, and they've got a great big huge development going on in the adjoining property. Yeah. And it's. Uh, Look for boxes with nuclear symbols on them. Yeah, well, I think they might have dug up something they didn't want to dig up. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that they've piled up over there, they're supposed to put a cap on it, but by the time they get around to it, the ground around here will be frozen. <laughs> and, uh, well, there's, there's many things to this story, Mr. Bell. I'm sure you'd love to hear it, and so would your listeners. There's uh, Actually, I wanted to ask you a question about Hooking up live on the internet. What, what about? Do you think it? that would be a good idea, or do you think I'd be sacrificing too much of my privacy, which has already been totally sacrificed? Well, give me an idea of what you mean by hooking up live on the internet. You mean oh, putting some, a, like a person, some person with with money that could come and park a big RV in my front yard and uh, keep the cameras trained on what's going on in that big development over there on the adjoining property and oh. uh, see whether or not they're really tunneling down underground and uh well why don't you just you know just put a webcam out there on the on you know the corner of your house point it in that way with a zoom lens and and put it up on the net would would there be any way of uh, finding out how far down this might have sunk cuz i'm thinking perhaps the, the that's what they're doing over there they might be tunneling down uh -huh. Uh, not not that I'm aware of, but uh, all I can say is uh, keep an eye on them and uh, good luck. Gold in them there piles. East of the Rockies, you're on the air without a lot of time. Hello. Art. Yes. How are you, sir? Okay, we don't have much time. What's up? Um, I just wanted to, to say that the, the feminine approach to life, mm -hmm. um, to me, is far superior to the masculine approach to life. Well, you're a real help, aren't you? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to be realistic more than uh -huh. anything. So if the plastics take away your manhood, it's okay. Because plastic can't take away my manhood. Well, I mean, well you've got to read the story here, sir. I don't think it's... I think manhood is, has a lot more to do with, with your mental state than it has to do with anything physiological. Think so? You think so, huh? Okay, all right. Thank you very much for the call, and good luck in your new life. We'll, uh, we'll have a guest, Zeph Daniel, coming up right after the news break at the top of the hour from the high desert in the middle of the night, which is where we do our very best work. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM. I've had a lot of requests from people who want to hear Art Bell.
talk with Art Bell. Call the Wild Card Line at area code 775-727-1295. The first-time caller line is area code 775-727-1222. To talk with Art Bell from east of the Rockies, call toll-free at 800-825-5033. From west of the Rockies, call 800-618-8255. International callers may reach Art by calling your in-country Sprint Access number, pressing option 5, and dialing toll-free 800-893-0903. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Sadly, at this hour, USA Radio Network seemingly confirming Christopher Reeve's death, uh, something about a heart attack. Details to follow. In a moment, Zeph Daniel will be here at a very early age. Zeph Daniel became a failed victim of satanic ritual abuse and mind control. Later, uh, he became involved in writing for film and television in the horror field. I wonder if that's a natural. He claims these were attempts to find out what happened, who he was, what went wrong. It took 25 years for the total defeat of the old Zeph, the death of that fragment of tortured humanity and his resurrection in the spirit of God. Zeph is controversial because he is critical of organized religion. As for the human soul, which is what this farm called Earth is all about, he says, it is a commodity bought and sold in an intergalactic market like oil. I hope our stock is rising. Hmm. The spirit of a person can be scalped and held in various high-tech devices. They're boxes. And those are sold. All that tunnel of white light mythology and NDE experiences is simply high-tech scalping, says he, and is done from a base on the moon. Oh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? A crystal city, he says. He says, all this I have seen and experienced, and it is all literally true. No, no matter how strange it may sound, that's what Zeph says, and that's what we're going to explore. No small matter coming up. <laughs> I think what really saddens me about the death of Christopher Reeve is, you know, for other men in his circumstance, maybe it'd be all right, you know, because it'd be such a relief from the uh, the very low quality of life that he, I'm sure, was leading. But what makes it so sad in the case of Christopher Reeve is he had such a lust for life. You know, he really wanted to be around for that that big miracle cure that uh, actually a lot of people have been talking about lately, the stem cell research, right? And he just so wanted to hang on that that makes it particularly sad. A lot of people in his position would have some time ago have given up and would not have lasted as long as he did. But he had such a zest for life, so I don't know. That makes it tough. All right, here comes Zeph Daniel. And uh, in all the years that I've been reading these intros that are written up for people that are going to be guests on the show, this one contains <laughs> uh, just 
I mean, this is some wild stuff. There's no question about it. Zeph, well, welcome to the program. Uh, hello, Art, and uh, our, our prayers and uh, love to the Christopher Reeve family, and of course, Christopher Reeve, wherever he is, uh, God bless you. No, he's in a good place. Yes. You know that much anyway. I, I can tell you this, though. That intro sounded pretty uh, pretty wild. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, except for, uh, you know, dabbling in the horror genre, which I suppose was a way to try to get a handle on some of the things that I had seen in my life. Actually, I was not a, it's not really true that I was a failed victim of mind control. Well, who, who wrote this? I may have. I think this was from a couple of years ago. And uh, was it true then? It well, yes. It, it's it's true. It's just it, the way it's all put together. It's it's just a lot of. All right. Well, I know I know George has interviewed you. I have not yet. So let's begin at the beginning. I mean, satanic ritual abuse. Uh, I need to know something about that anyway. Okay. As a, well, it, basically, like this in. Um, there is Satanism on the planet, obviously. Obviously. And what is the goal of Satanism? And, and Satanists, what do they want? Well, it's usually power. They want the power from it. And a lot of times, you know, families and generations uh, are born, and then, you know, and then someone goes over to the Satanic side. That passes on to the next generation. And sure. The next, and it's like a bloodline type of thing. And there was a, there was that line in your family, I guess, huh? The line there, and uh, in the case of it, it's kind of ugly in a sense, but basically it, it goes like this: the idea is to break a person down, even as a child, and to get the soul to dislodge from the vessel, that is, to dissociate, and to then be indwelt with a powerful as powerful a demon as can be as possible so that that person then grows up uh with the ability with lots of power and the ability to um you know wield power within the satanic system let's say Zeph, i i interviewed a young lady on my program once um who was a satanist and she told me that uh, her one big goal was to make absolutely certain that her very young son went straight to hell with her uh-huh um i do, actually you know most of the ones that i know and i do know and i have to say this i i've gotten beyond the idea of hating people that have hurt me and 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 all that and i'm looking at it as the human condition you know the spiritual battle and i've never met anyone who a satanist who actually believed they were going to hell. They somehow believed they were going to rise above it. They were going to uh, make a change at some point in their life, that God would eventually forgive them. Hmm. They don't believe that. And most of, most of the ones that I know are, are avid churchgoers. They are um, they go to Bible study. Most of the Satanists Satanist you know that are I knew average? Growing up, yeah, the friends of mine that I, that I had are... Very active in the church, and they're very active in the community. Well, that sounds illogical. I know. Yeah, absolutely illogical. It, I mean, it, if you're it, if you're if you're worshiping Satan, and that's the right word, worship, right. then God would be the antithesis of what you believed was true and right and powerful. Right, and I think the reason they get affiliated in these in the in the church system or the is for the you know for the affiliation for the. Uh, 
for, for business, for other reasons. They don't get affiliated with it for the quest for God. Oh, is, just a good old boy network, huh? It, it's more of a social So they then they, they practice their Satanism in secret. And also, another aspect of it is to do good works to offset the negative. And they believe that by well, doing that... Like when the mafia gives money to needy organizations, right? Very, it's the spiritual mafia. Yeah. And, you know, but the idea is, uh, again, to get the... The soul to dislodge, in other words, to, to, to traumatize a child or traumatize a victim or a target to the point where they will give up, their spirit will give up, and they'll be able to be indwelt with whatever the, the family spirit is or whatever the, the group spirit is because Satanists work in groups. Uh -huh. So, uh, and that's the idea. The more powerful an entity one, one is indwelt by, the, the better they're going to do in life. That's what they think. So what happens to people that refuse or fight back? Do you know, in fact, that's true? I mean, can, can you tell me definitively that there are not a lot of Satanists who are rich, powerful, and uh, uh, some names we'd recognize, you know, that, that there are not people out there gaining from Satan now? Well, there are people gaining, I, I you know, there's... Again, it's, it's passed on from generation to generation, usually. And the ones that don't go with it uh, usually wind up dead. You know, and they yeah. call that a satanic sacrifice. Um, and and it's, you, you it's, know, a brutal, it's a brutal system. It's, uh, again, the spiritual mafia. It's a brutal... You know for a fact that there are human sacrifices to the devil. Yes, unfortunately. And, uh, how, how do you have this knowledge? I mean, do you? Uh, uh, I, I don't want you to say anything to get you in any trouble or I'm, anybody. I'm in, I've been in trouble in terms of actually one person whose uh, works as, as an assassin told me, as long as you keep talking and writing and, and publishing, you know, you probably will be all right. But if you go silent, you, you, you'll be whacked. You'll be whacked. Yeah. So, in other words, to whack you right now would bring too much attention on the dark side. Well, it would be, well, then everything Zeff said was right. That is like the mafia, huh? Well, it's, for me, it was like this. I, my life was in danger when my programming, and I will go into that in a second about, about what was my programming, what is mind control, how that's a part of it. You, you know people that are spiritual and physical assassins that kill. I mean, I, I want to understand your level of involvement. Have you seen this with your own eyes? Have you seen it I've, done? Well, as a, in the work I've done in ministry, I've, you know, obviously been there with confessions with people who have killed, uh, you know, who have assassinated a lot of people. Hmm. And usually it's made to look like a missing person or a, Auto rack or something. Like yeah. That. Well, you just used the word ministry. You're critical, though. It says it says here you're critical of organized religion. Have been. Why? Because of seeing the involvement of people that are have been duplicitous, let's say, in um, you know, for example, Satanists in the church behaving as if they're worshiping God and and really they're I don't know what they're doing there, but they are very much involved in the organization and it's it's a battle. I don't have anything against people going to church, really. That's not it. It's, it's looking for God in church rather than being on that quest for God in your life, you know, 24-7. And 
um, going to church or going to the library, going to a university or anything like that, I, I have no problem with that. I, I don't, you know, that's not the... the uh... So your criticism then of organized religion is just what? That it allows the, these Satanists to get together in, in some horrible charade? Let's just say that I, yeah, and I've been, you know, hurt in those environments, and and uh, and I've seen other people hurt in that same way, and I'm like, why is this going on here? This should be a place of worship, a place of of uh, of uh, a sanctuary, a safe place, a good place. And um, you know, I, I've talked to Satanists, Zeph, who say, uh, look, I, I I don't know how to put this except bluntly, you know, they say that. Um, they want, I guess they, they think that this life is it. And they want everything they can get out of this life because, because that's what they want. And they think Satanism, the dark side, can get these things for them in this life. And, yeah, and right. it, it should be told, is that possible or not? And if it really is possible, then you can understand the temptation that leads them there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're... Uh, always, that's how I feel. I feel a lot of uh, compassion for people who've gone to that side, and I understand it perfectly. Um, at the same time, a lot of people, once they're in and they want to get out, they, they're afraid. I remember praying with one young man, that, uh, um, and he was afraid to pray because they would hear him. Mm -hmm. And I said, how can they hear you if, we're, if it's just you and me praying for you to get free of this bondage? And to walk out of that Satanism and just accept God and, and go that straight and narrow and just stay on that path, why so afraid to pray? Well, we're, so, we're, we're a very short-term kind of society, Zeph. We want instant gratification, yeah. you know, instant results and nice cars, nice homes, lots of nice things. And maybe people have come to believe that, and maybe there is an example that Satan can provide that. Of course, you, you know, it's... Uh, well, pay, pay, pay later, right? On the pay later plan, but pay, still. Pay later, and you, you do pay with you know your soul. But the the thing is, is for everyone that has all those things, there are many who are uh, poor and are wanting to, and they're waiting and they're doing favors for the group, for the coven, for however they're affiliated with Satan. Yes. And they do, you know, they do what they're told to do, and they enslave themselves to that. Uh, hoping that one day their ship's going to come in because they're they're uh, after all they're giving everything up in order to get the world mm -hmm. and so but how come it hasn't come in how come their ship hasn't come in how come they're not rich well I guess what I asked out. you a little while ago is how do you know there aren't a bunch of rich well-to-do Satanists well there are and, well there you are uh, and uh, you know and that's and that's the temptation. It's it's the temptation. Uh, it's the lust for this life. But beyond that, it's it it's in a way ignorance because most of the people that I know that uh, are there, they they yearn to be out of it, but they don't know how to get out of it. Well, and and so there's the battle, and that's where that 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 spiritual battle comes in, and and it's every individual's battle. Boy, I'll tell you, the Satanists I've talked to, and I've talked to a few Zeph, they didn't want out at all. You know, in fact, they were laughing at uh, religion, laughing at God, laughing at that whole trip. They were, no Zeph, I I didn't get that feeling at all that they. I I, I guess everybody... I know those too, the, the, just the same type of people you're talking about. Well, yes. Uh, 
I'm sure that from your point of view, you want them converted, you want them to understand your truth and or the truth and convert. But the ones I've talked to, Zeph, <laughs> they weren't like that at all. They were, they were happy, uh, just happy and devo as devoted to Satan as the most religious person that I'd have on the air, you know, trying to proselytize. Yes, uh, absolutely, and I, you know, and, and a lot of those that seem so happy uh, are a magnet for others to to want to be like them. Of course, and uh, you, you you get a society going that direction, and it's not hard to uh, figure out if if everyone could get in that and get the money and get the and grab onto this life while this life is going on, they would do it if if they don't value their soul. And that really is where the rub is. Is there a soul? Well, you know, I was about to ask you uh, that in the form of a more difficult question, and that is, if I were to ask you to do your very best to convince me that there's a soul, that we really have a soul, how would you do it? Well, what I would say is, is, is uh, this, in your quietest moments, uh, when you have uh, thoughts of that are, are not... Uh, in other words, not, not, not geared to this temporal life, for example, the idea of love, the idea of, of looking at nature and seeing its beauty, the idea of listening to your own inner thoughts. Is there, are you your ego or are you something deeper? And are you sure you're not confusing consciousness with soul? Well, I think the soul is conscious and I think the ego battles the soul or tries to put it into bondage to make so that you think the ego, your I, is, you know, this life, the flesh, your desires, uh, is who you are. But I, I like to say this, you are a soul. What is the soul? The soul is you without the ego. And um, who is that person? A lot of people don't know that person. Huh. Hence, they don't value that. They value the ego the ego is the one that decides to 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 grab on to even though this is a this life is fleeting to grab on to it this but in satanism you have to remember it is a conscious decision to give that soul up people right. do know they're right. going to give something up they know it's not for it's not for free they know there's a price to pay you don't um, get all that stuff for nothing are you fortunate that you were not sacrificed in the name of Lucifer? Well, I, I'm, it's amazing to me that there was intervention, which also shows, has proven, you know, you know that God exists and God has, has had his hand on me. Were you in danger of being sacrificed? I was. You were? Several times, and I remember... How close? Well, I was in a coma in, um, in Denver when I was 18, and I was... Uh, uh, given uh, pharmaceutical phenobarbital enough to kill about 10 people. And this was uh, done oh in God. a very orchestrated way. Oh, my God. And then I was, um, after that, they, they locked me away for seven years. And during that time, they, um, they convinced me that nothing ever happened, that, that I did it to myself and that they didn't do it to me and that, I had, you know, that there are four fingers and not three. And I imagine you had to convince them that you believed that to get out, right? 
Well, it was a long time. I mean, they, they just, after that, my life was totally controlled. I mean... All right. Hold, hold okay. tight right there, Zeph. We're at the bottom of the hour. Zeph Daniel is my guest from the high desert in the darkness, coast to coast, AM. Talk with Art Bell. Call the Wildcard Line at area code 775-727-1295. The first-time caller line is area code 775-727-1222. To talk with Art Bell from east of the Rockies, call toll-free at 800-825-5033. From west of the Rockies, call Art at 800-618-8255. International callers may reach Art Bell by calling your in-country Sprint Access number, pressing option 5. And dialing toll-free 800-893-0903. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Well, it was back in the late 1800s or the early 1900s. I don't recall the details now, but I had the wire service story. came out of the medical journals, too. A doctor did very carefully controlled experiments back before the PC days when you couldn't do this kind of thing and he put things that were dying on a scale a very 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 accurate scale and this doctor measured the exit of the soul and actually was able to detect the weight of a human soul at about three quarters of an ounce leaving the human body at the moment of death. That's a real story, folks, and somewhere I've got it, and I'll dig it out and get it on the website if I can. But that's what we're talking about tonight. In the end, we're talking about the soul, the human soul. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. Stay right where you are. Zeph Daniel will be right back. You know, before you get all out of control and say, oh, no, you know, they're measuring body gases or liquids or something like that, forget it. All of that was taken into account in this scientific study. Now, of course, you can't do that in modern day. At least I don't think you can. It's politically incorrect, you know. Hey, you're dying. Hop up on that scale. Can't do that these days. Um, Zeph, welcome back. Have you ever heard of that medical study? Uh, yes. 
I, I have art. You have. I think that um, I, I think there it's valid, and I believe the soul is a thing, and uh, I believe that the um, the soul, every soul, wants to emancipate to eternity, to where there is no death, to where there is no strife, to where there is peace, and the flesh, it seems, or the battle that we face is that to, to make things work like that in this life, to find peace find love, to find happiness. The, the, the flesh and the ego have to keep the soul in bondage in a way you know, from emancipating in the spirit. All right, you've said some things here, or, or I guess you said them. Uh, the human soul, which is what this farm called Earth is all about, it is a commodity bought and sold on the intergalactic market. I, I you know, you're... <laughs> I know that sounds... That's a, that's a big stretch from where we are. I'm glad Sounds like we're crude oil. <laughs> uh, that's something that I had seen in the spirit and that I was shown uh, in that early time when, when after I was after the overdose situation, um, I had seen. And and just please bear with me. This is, is going to sound really crazy, you know, and, and it's not. I got the story doesn't change, but. Uh, it seemed that the, this facility, and I won't even call it like a psychiatric hospital. I don't know what exactly. It was a hospital of some sort. But it seemed that what they were doing to the kids, most of the people there were, I was at that time 17 years old. And most of the, most of the uh, people there were around my age, a little younger, maybe just slightly older. And what seemed to be happening to some of them, not all, but some of them, is that their souls... I don't know how this happened, but they were somehow extracted, and they had a whole different personality within seemingly overnight, but they weren't the same person. It was like their soul, their whoever they were, their essence, their 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 you-ness, if you will, was taken out. How do you know you just weren't observing the effect of, uh, you know, uh, drugs given to the patients? Well, because I'd seen this over and over again, and not all of them were, were drugged. I mean, this is... This is like ta literally taking one uh, person, a person, out of his body and switching it with something it was something else, and that something else was um, a little bit more robotic, to totally uh, cooperative, and then released to, into the care of their parents or to the society or whatnot. And some of these people have gone on uh, to to do very well. The spirit of a person can be scalped and then held in various high-tech devices, boxes? Yeah, I was shown a, a box at, at that time. A soul box. If you will. And uh, I, I did not see the soul go into the box, okay? But I understood that to be something, some kind of, you know, alien, if you will, device. And one more thing, that, and this is going to make me sound even more crazy, but I'll just, I'm just going to lay it out as best I can. Um, the people there, some of them, in my view, some of them were not human, okay? They were, they were going, they had, they were what I would call alien with a, with a human form. And they were the ones orchestrating this, and of course... That's a strong word, Zeph. Alien is a strong word to interject. Yes. Uh, and, and so do you mean it in the most literal sense? 
in, in the most, well, put it this way, in the most literal sense in, in, that we had seen uh, the, you know, beings that were not, you know, human there, also ships. Uh, you saw sh ships and you saw beings. And, and it was human. connected, and this was all connected to the um, to this operation and to... Uh, you know, to abductions and all that. That was all connected. Into and we're going to get to abductions. I knew that they were connected to your story. In fact, you think you can explain abductions, right? Well, I think that I can explain why, in some cases, when people want to uh, get free of the abduction syndrome because they say, well, I didn't give permission to this. I'm a Christian. Yes. I pray the blood of Jesus on this situation, and I'm still being abducted. Why is that? Well, that's a pretty good question, isn't it? And What's the answer? The answer has to do with, with the soul, with a person that, what is in their soul that is blocking, uh, blocking them from God. There is like an occlusion. And that is something that a person can remove. In other words, you don't need to open your heart to the Lord. You need to, to be broken down, uh, by the Lord to be built back up the way He wants. And some, and this abduction and other demonic oppression is sometimes will stay with a person, even though they keep praying and going through deliverance after deliverance. Well, I, I guess I want to understand uh, how literal you, you intend to fling the word alien. Uh, do you really mean alien as in alien life form from another planet, or do you mean alien as in something projected, which is really either um, a demonic or otherwise? Well, let's, let's call it demonic for now, and even though we understand that the demonic uh, is a hierarchy that does also have, you know, they have vessels, they have, um, they can make beings, if you will. I don't consider them beings with souls exactly, but they... They can have, create beings. They right. have that ability. They could create what we would regard as an alien being from another planet. Yeah, but that other planet thing, again, the whole alien thing, uh, in a lot of cases, is simply... A cover story for the demonic oppression. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that was your message. Um, I don't, but I don't believe that. You know, I don't believe that. Uh, Do you think it's all a cover? I don't think it's all a cover. No, I, I, I believe it's it's a mix, and I believe it's very complex. And in some cases, it is purely demonic, and in other cases, there are vessels that are real. Um, go back to the Book of Enoch, and you probably. Are familiar with that? Where the, uh, the the watchers they call them yes. um, the fallen angels yes. asked Enoch to you know to talk to God on their behalf to see if they could get back in the good graces. I'm just paraphrasing, and um, the answer was strange. The answer was, "Do not pray for the watchers. Pray for uh, uh, pray for men." and you know, so they were put off. Uh, there was no definitive answer given to them. Um, but what, what I took from that was that, well, they're going to have their vessels. They're going to uh, create what they're going to create. They will create their civilizations. They'll be allowed to do that, and they will have um, they will have vessels. They will have uh, beings. You say something here that chills me a little, and when I hear things coming from different sources, it bothers me. You talk about the moon, 
And you talk about a base on the moon. And this has to do with souls, NDE experiences, uh, the travel of souls and the moon. Is there, and a crystal city on the moon, right? The, uh, there's the crystal uh, structure that I had been, this is, I traveled to see it in the spirit, and I saw something there called the Council, and uh, sometimes called the Council of Elohim, and they were the watchers over the earth, or at least that's what they thought. Well, I had somebody recently tell me that there was a receiving station for souls on the moon. Now, is that something that resonates with you? I had said that, I, I knew that in 1990 and had said it then, and I think I said it on an earlier show on Coast to Coast. Uh-huh, okay, then why have our astronauts not even seen a hint, I mean, they haven't at least admitted that they've seen a hint of anything um, untoward on the moon, not, not so much as anything? No, I'm aware of that, and I haven't even really dwelled on I mean, that's just... One experience that I had really relating, and when I wrote that, it was... Well, I mean, it's an important question. Uh, they, we had men there, and they would have, should have seen... They orbited while they waited for their friends down on the surface, right? And they should have seen a crystal city. There should have been some transmission saying, Mission Control, uh, we've got a crystal city uh, under us at the moment, or something like that. Well, perhaps it was not visible to them, and perhaps it was more of a spiritual vision and physical or a combination, uh, you know, I don't know what they have seen, what they haven't seen. I know what I've seen, and I know that I'm not, I haven't dwelt on that particular issue. I haven't been back in the spirit. It's just one experience that I have. I know, but it's an important one because it resonates with something, well, John Lear said to me. Um, he said there was a receiving station for right. souls on the moon. Well, that's mind-blowing because it confirms what I've been shown. Yeah. Uh, and, and, well, how can we prove it? I don't I, It's one of those things that we can't prove. We can say it, but we can't prove it. Well, but, but you've seen it. You know it's true. I've seen it, and in my spirit, in my soul, you know, I know what I've seen. And, yes, I believe it is true. I believe there is something to this um, tunnel of light business that uh, NDE uh, experiences have. See, uh, yes, uh, there is something to it. And I don't really think that it's all nice and good and beneficent and benevolent and you know you see your relatives and they're all coming out in waves of love and everyone's lovey-dovey and it's all going to be a happy experience i think it has something to do with getting permission getting your free will getting your consent to hey. uh to take the soul listen zeph i've got to ask what's going to probably seem seem like a rude question but when you're talking about incredible things uh and we are talking about incredible things here it requires some understanding, and doing in my position, I've got to ask this question. I mean, you were admittedly involved in satanic uh, ritual abuse as a youngster. You alluded to the fact that you were in some kind of facility, uh, I guess a psychiatric facility, or am I? I'm just guessing, but right, uh, right. it was that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an obvious question. How can you be sure, Zeph, that <laughs> that that? What everything you're telling me right now that you experienced, uh, you know, I can feel it, I can hear it in your voice that you understand, you believe it. But I mean, it's an obvious question. If you were in a psychiatric facility, how do you know that that you weren't delusional? How do you know that 
you weren't observing in a delusional state other people that were in a delusional state getting medicated and so forth and so on, explaining a lot of what you've got here. Well, I definitely was delusional back then. Yeah, I'm not delusional, but definitely mind-controlled in the sense that uh, there were certain, um, quote, doctors, unquote, yes. uh, on my case, which, uh, which, you know, made me believe that nothing like any of these things that I've said that tonight had ever occurred. Of course. And, and, and as I... And, and I believe... I, I, not only did I... I believe that I was delusional about the things that I had experienced. In other words, they had me turned around backwards for a good... I don't know how many years. Anyway, when they released me... Um, my life was like the Truman Show. I mean, everyone around me was appointed, was assigned to me. And what they used me for, why they didn't just kill me, is they used me for things like, uh, for spiritual things. And for, sometimes they would have me write down, um, you know, like an equation or uh, ideas, things like that. And they would just take whatever I'd written and take it away. And other times they would bring me around people that were ill. And who is they? They, just people that were um, uh, around me as a child, let's say. Uh, oh, like oh, I see. Significant others, uh, teachers, friends, family, other families. All right. To get out of this facility, Zeph, I, I assume that you had to finally agree with them that everything you had experienced was delusional and I'm better now. Otherwise, they don't let you out. Uh, I, but I not only agreed with them, Art, I, I really, really believe that that I was mistaken. I, I, in fact, the memory was even gone. I had no real memory of the trauma, the um, you know things that I had seen. You know, there were people that had been killed and all kinds of things, and I had no. I, I could not believe that that could be true. It just went against everything in my soul. Everything that I. Well, it's not, okay, so then if, if you really felt that way at the moment of your release, you had been mind-controlled to that point, then uh, how do we get from there to where we are today and what you are telling me is true and did happen and was real and is real? Well, later on in my life, um, the programming obviously fell apart. Fell apart, and at that time, um, there were a bunch of people that were coming around uh, again, assigned to me to 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 put uh, the programming back, and they don't really care much if if you go to the you know if you feel suicidal or go to the doctor or you, you know tell them you know you need medication. But they don't mind that. What they mind is mm -hmm. it, that the truth would come out mm -hmm. and that you would be conscious of the the system around you, the society, of the people around you, and what they were all about. And as I said, I think they use people like us, those who have, um, I guess, are not them. They use us for certain spiritual things. And it's the only reason I, I can't think of another reason I'd be alive right now. Well, you sound reasonable. You're saying fantastic things, you know, but you do sound pretty reasonable um, and not, in a delusional state right now. No, I'm uh, no. I'm sure. I don't think so. Well, what happened is I had, um, I guess what you would call in the, you know, just a few years ago, uh, like a total 
breakdown of, of everything. Everything flooded back. All the memories flooded back. I suddenly looked around and I saw people and I understood that they were assigned to me and I understood this whole thing was so bizarre. And I cried out to God then. That's how that began. And I, I just said, look, I'm, I'm too, I know they want me to kill myself and I know they're going to kill me. And I'm beyond even caring anymore. But if God, if you're there, if you're, you know, real, would you help me? And? And he did. He, he, uh, I felt this presence within me, you know, speaking to me, talking to me, and saying that uh, I am your father. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, and you have been hurt. And he began to fill in all the blanks, and I would test the information with people that were in the know, and it was all true. Zeth, how old are you now? I'm 50. And when did all of this um, dark period in your life end? How many years ago now? Well, it would be in the year 2000 when the in 1990 it broke, and then I was kind of put back together, and then in 2000 it finally completely collapsed. The idea that the world was the way I thought it was and that the society I was born into is the way I thought it was and the people around me were the way I thought they were and they weren't assigned to that. You know, later I find out, I'm like, everyone around me is assigned to me and I'm like, what is this? Well, that wasn't very long ago. So you've only no. been out of this period of darkness for a relatively short time, very right? Very short time. Yeah. All right, and Seth. I'm, uh, I'm listen, not... hold on. We're, we're here at the top of the hour, so take a break. This is some pretty wild stuff, and this is one of those programs you can listen to and, you know, definitely make your own decisions about. Actually, they're all that way. It is the unusual we deal with on this program. I'm Art Bell. Called Boulder on the wild Colorado. 
I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below. They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound. But I'm still around. I'll always be around, around, around. To talk with Art Bell, call the Wildcard Line at area code 775-727-1295. The first-time caller line is area code 775-727-1222. To talk with Art Bell from east of the Rockies, call toll-free at 800-825-5033. From west of the Rockies, call 800-618-8255. International callers may reach Art by calling your in-country Sprint Access number, pressing option 5, and dialing toll-free 800-893-0903. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. And Zeph Daniel, actually. Zeph Daniel, He's uh, he's quite a case, all right. He um, had an early life of satanic ritual abuse. He then apparently spent uh, quite a bit of his ad- quite a number of his adult years, I guess, in a psychiatric institution. And uh, there are many fast blasting me suggesting that um, what we're hearing is a psychiatric problem. We'll ask him about that. I mean, it's fair. It's absolutely fair. Um, on the other hand, what he may have experienced may be absolutely real. It does resonate with a number of things that other people have said. And if he does know something about the soul, then uh, we have every obligation to ask. And reincarnation, or what that song just suggested, is certainly one of those things. <laughs> By the way, Zeph Daniels written a book called Lamb. Uh, Zeph, what what is Lamb? Uh, Lamb is uh, about a, a lot of this. What I'm talking about tonight, it's about okay. uh, several different characters. It, it's also a prophetic uh, story about uh, you know the uh, speak ter- ter- okay terrorism and earth changes and okay. lambs are well. I've identified them as people that are not on the dark side at all. These are the people that belong to God and and uh, just don't go the way of the world. They're just God's own. Mostly undecided voters. <laughs> yeah, undecided or decided <laughs> to be with him and not. All right, Zeph, um, look, I got, I've got to ask you this. I mean, with the history you just laid on us, ritual, satanic abuse, years in a psychiatric facility, it's obvious I'm going to get... Messages, fast blast saying, know. you know, the guy's crazy. Um, everyone thinks I'm crazy like that because they're not... The ones that are listening, that are hearing what I'm saying in the spirit, who are, who are spiritual people, they know that, that what I've been through, a lot of them have been through the same thing, unfortunately. And others that, hey, God bless everyone. That if they think I'm crazy and they want to just write me off that way, I have... I understand. If I were them, I'd probably... I uh, think the, the same thing if I had their experience. They haven't had my experience. Well, that's fair. They haven't had your experience. That's yeah. that's right. I mean, you torture somebody, and, you know, things get pretty messed up. I'm sure they do. Ritual I... abuse of children is a, is, a, is a problem in 
And I told you the reason why it's done is there's a purpose to it. There's a clinical reason for it, and that's to dislodge the soul. Uh, this is tantamount to permission for the indwelling of uh, a demonic entity that grows up as that person. To and those people, um, Zeth, who are saying, you know, you're crazy, you're still crazy, okay, um, you know, is there any way in your own mind or for us that you can you can make us understand that what happened to you is real, not not a delusion, not craziness. I, I mean, for, for a lot of my life, Zeph, I thought that there probably are quite a few people in mental institutions that aren't crazy. They just seem crazy to us. Oh, the things that... If you had time, well... I have web... time. This is a long radio program. Okay, okay. Well, all right. First of all, thank you for, you know, being patient with me. And, um, you know, through all what might sound pretty out there. And if people want to know more about me, uh, the fast blasters out there that are saying crazy and all that, mm -hmm. they they want to indulge themselves, they can go to zephnet.com. And there, there's over 2,000 writings... I think something like that, a thousand at least, maybe fifteen hundred. Um, I began these writings in the year two thousand two, in March, and it was my spiritual journey, healing journey, if you will. Um, and they can follow that and look through the archives. I've, there's about a hundred and some odd hours of audio there. There's interviews I've conducted with others. Um, they can look at all that and try to figure out if I'm crazy or not. They can get the book Lamb from Amazon.com, and there's a link on our links page, and they can see people who were mind-controlled that uh, did military ops, people who were mind-controlled that uh, they tried to mind-control and it didn't work, mm -hmm. uh, who have fought back in the spirit. They can see the earth changes and things that we predict are going to be happening, which indeed are beginning to happen now. There's a lot that's happening right now. And uh, I was used throughout my life, Art, uh, for, if you like, they used, they, would, they used me for spiritual reasons. And, and one of those was to find out what I knew about what was going to happen in the future. Or if, if I could, uh, I suppose when people cut themselves off from God, they want somebody who's still connected around, right? <laughs> so those around you thought you were... They always called me the God mind. You were touched, as it were, right? Uh, in other words, you had some insight that wasn't just pure uh, hallucination and, and mental illness, but was very real, and so they were using you knowing that something real was going on with you. Is that right? It, it's, that's correct, and um, there were lots of confirmations along the way. And, and Well, like what? Well... Okay, this was just one one example. There was a I, one time I had a oh you might call him a, a, a social worker I was mad at and mm -hmm. and I had seen either I had seen I don't you know I don't want to say that uh, any kind of prophet plays a role in the in the fulfilled prophecy. I said your house is going to be struck by lightning tonight. Yes, and it was, and it was. Well, now and that then, and then after that. Everyone sort of backed off. <laughs> I, I would be included in that bunch. You really? <laughs> and I really? But I don't feel like, I don't know how it happened. That's uh, No, but that's on, somehow that's on the record somewhere? Well, it's not on a record that you could read, 
I, I suppose you could track him down. Uh, he told me at one point about this, and I can't go into a lot of the you know names and everything about. No, please don't. <laughs> okay, I, I, because it you you'd be it would blow your mind. Totally, uh -huh. and you can research me elsewhere for that. Uh, and I don't do a lot of. Na I hate dropping names anyway. I don't hate people. You know, I don't want. Thank to you. Get don't people. don't drop names. No. Uh, okay. So, but in this place, one that social worker later on, when we were just both two sovereign individuals talking to each other, he said he felt very guilty that he would. That he of the part he played in my life and others, because he said he knew we weren't crazy, he knew we didn't belong there, he knew why we were there. He just, he was just, you know, the whole thing was a sham. My God! In other words, he was covering for the Satanists, and that's why he kept telling me over and over, and they kept pounding me to to repeat this story that there was no such thing as anything I had ever seen. This. Um incident that you caused I don't um, think I caused now, it. Now, did you did you cause it or did you simply observe uh, the immediate future was it a precognitive thing or don't you worry a little bit uh, Zeph that you caused it well there's been a lot of things similar to that and, and also positive things that I don't think I'm I consciously sat there like say uh, you know like a witch might do and like, you know, take a voodoo or take a, do a ritual to get something to happen. I didn't do that. It was like a, it was just this quick, um, I don't know, almost spiritual indignation. It was just, this is going to happen. And it did. And, um, sounds a little carryish, you know, I mean, it, uh, it, it did. Yeah. It, that does come to mind. Well, there was a person that was obviously totally abused and, and, picked on by these awful bullies and then you know but she had spiritual gifts <laughs> uh well right and, and those came you know came to bear and well i see a little parallel there don't you possibly could, I mean, it could be but i've also had it's strange i have been um had kind of a, a healing gift on people as well and and i'm not that would I, be i'll those... be talking to somebody about something totally unrelated yes and their life would change and i know that in the spirit, something was going on. I was being used. Most everything that, that happens, I like to think, is God's will ultimately, and that we are used to affect His will. And our ego likes to think it's in charge, but I think God's in charge ultimately. But how do you know that was God? I mean, usually when you're petitioning for a light bolt, a lightning bolt to you know hit somebody. Well, I was mad at the time. I, I no, I understand, but yeah. I mean, it, you just wouldn't think God would be uh, pleased being. You know, asked for you know the lightning bolt. I, I, yeah, it was so quick though, Art. It was like. So are you sure it came from God? I I don't think it came from. I I don't know. Ah, uh -huh, uh -huh. I I just can't say that I did it. I'd be very concerned though. I mean, I you know, all right. In that moment, I am interested to know. In that moment, when you realized that a lightning bolt was going to hit his house. Well, let me think about this. Uh, did it just come to you that that was going to happen, or you did admit you were angry? I, I was angry, and I blurted it out, and I saw it as I was blurting it. Oh, see, now that really sounds like you you did that, or or you lined yeah, yourself. It's, with... it's a fine line there, Art. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, but but it, it's uh, anyway. The, Fact of the matter. You weren't screwing with the clouds behind my house earlier. No, 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 no. No, no. I, no, I, 
um, anyway, that was just one kind of incident. Maybe you know something about, I mean, you obviously tell me you know something about the nature of the soul. I've always been curious about reincarnation, Zeph. Um, are souls recycled? I, what I have to say about time and eternity and the soul is it, the soul is eternal, and reincarnation is too simplistic for what I've seen regarding the soul and regarding what's possible with incarnations, if you will, um, it would go again, it would sound like another bizarre story, but what I've seen is that people actually, souls have the capacity to multiply incarnate. In other words, you could be in five different time zones at once and be conscious, say, of one. Hmm. And um, some souls go to and fro from eternity and they're here, uh, and then they're, they're also in eternity, if you will, and they're not conscious of that life in eternity. They're conscious of being here, but they're also conscious of being eternal, and they can incarnate anywhere along the timeline. The, the timeline, it, there is no time, so everything that has ever happened or will happen is all concurrent. And um, so as souls advance, you know, there are things that are so mind-boggling. The soul is made in the image and likeness of God himself. So you're... you're... I guess you're saying there is not in, in reincarnation. Um, uh, well, it's just the word re. It's, it's, if you just say incarnation and the possibilities of that soul going to and fro from eternity or being in different timelines, like a soul could be, you know, in various incarnations at the same time. So reincarnation, as in a singular event, is too simplistic to describe what happens. Yes, well, it just, you know, different people look at it different ways. In the West, we have this idea of reincarnation as being uh, something desirable, you know, like you're going to live on into another life, don't worry about it. Yes. In the East, they want to get out of it. In other words, the idea of being born over and over to suffer and die, they don't like, you know, it's get all, how do you get off that wheel right. of reincarnation? So right. we have two different views of it. Supposed to achieve perfection, I think. And yes, and souls are about, it's the, the whole point of the soul and the learning and the emancipation of the soul is to uh, learn to get to that point of eternity, to get free of death and suffering and hatred and all those things that bind us, that imprison us. Well, so it sounds like there's a, a real dangerous path for the soul to potentially follow. I mean, with scalpers along the way who could toss you into a box. Uh, to... But then there has to be permission for that. In other words, somewhere in that person's life, in that person's soul, yes, there must be some kind of a permission, like, say, for the abduction scenario. You may pray overtly about it, and you're still being abducted. Why is that? We, we know so many cases like that, you know, for example, that... So we, it's undeniable that people have prayed and not been delivered from that kind of affliction. Some of that abduction stuff is just demonic. And how, how much of it do you think is demonic, Zeph? I think uh, a good part of it is, is demonic. In other words, it occurs in dreams. It occurs like, for example, you've heard of astral projection, like astral projection, astral travel. Well, it's, it's yep. more of an astral experience. And then some is literal, where there's literal hybridization. I know people... Um, that have been impregnated, you know, over and over, and the and the fetus taken out at three months. That that story that we've heard. I know people that have gone through that and been free of it for a while, and then been brought back in. And um, 
let's look at the soul of that person. Okay, so what is that soul needing? How, why is that happening to that soul? It seems to me, and this is my opinion, that every soul receives in this life, in any life, what it needs to emancipate. So, for example, let's say you get a lot of bad treatment in life. Mm-hmm. Over and over, the same pattern happens. You know, you get the same kind of rejection or the same kind of thing that happens. What is it the soul is needing? Is it needing for you to break your hatred of something? Is there something you're holding on to, a resentment that's somehow causing that pattern to occur again and again until you let go, until you forgive, until you love, until you will uh, get beyond that? Uh, that pattern will continue. Why do, can't we just pray and have that pattern go away? How, why does it have to repeat? And I believe it's because the soul needs that to finally break the person of something. It may not be related exactly to that, say, rejection. Hmm. In order for that soul to then be released to the next thing, to the next level. And so, therefore, each person is on a different level spiritually. You know, each soul is on a different level of learning. And what has to happen is uh, that person must take responsibility, first of all, for their lives, for what happens to them. In my case, I've got to take responsibility for being born into an abusive situation, having been hurt. I can't blame other people. I must understand at the soul level why I needed it or my soul needed it for some reason. Why? And, and you know, and that's my field of inquiry. That's what I have to be about in order to get beyond it, to get free, to get healed. We know you, that you don't think you're just saying that to yourself to comfort yourself, do you? That my soul had to go through this ritual abuse, this horrible abuse I went through. Well, uh, I did that for a number of years. I blamed and blamed and blamed. And I was mad and angry that I was being abused like anyone would be. And, and, of course. Uh, and, you know, it didn't seem to do any good. And it just... After, I don't know how many years of similar treatment and, you know, similar things popping up elsewhere with people unrelated to the earlier situation, I'm going, well, now here's a repeating pattern. Mm-hmm. Now, what, am I doing something to bring that about? Is there something in my behavior that's, that's bringing about a repeating pattern? If so, then I've got to eradicate it. Well, it wasn't behavior. It's something, it had something to do with a deep level of forgiveness in the soul, first of all, forgiving the, the, uh, the parents, let's say, mm-hmm. and forgiving God, because I found out I harbored a deep, deep hatred of God, because how could he do that to me? Yes, and, and, and now you don't hate him because you have realized... Well, when I find... See, it's, it's a really strange thing. It's almost as soon as I got to that point of understanding. It had to be a deep understanding and a forgiveness and a letting go. Yes. All those things stopped happening. Huh. Zeph, hold tight. Uh, we're going to go to the phones pretty quickly with Zeph Daniel, and I'm going to let you ask questions. Uh, he's a, a very interesting man in, in a whole lot of different ways. And I suppose the initial thing is, well, he's crazy. Well, you know what? Listen more carefully. Maybe he's not. I'm Art Bell. Sky. 
something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Every time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down To talk with Art Bell, call the wildcard line at area code 775-727-1295 The first time caller line is area code 775-727-1222 To talk with Art Bell from east of the Rockies, call toll free at 800-825-5033 From west of the Rockies, call Art at 800-618-8255 International callers may reach Art Bell by calling your in-country Sprint Access number, pressing Option 5, and dialing toll-free 800-893-0903. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. What do you think, crazy or crazy like a fox? (laughs) Zeph Daniel is my guest, and on the one hand, it's a crazy story he's telling, right? But then on the other hand, maybe it's exactly the way it is. And maybe those people who used him realized that he had had an experience that was not just delusional, but had real meaning. And, of course, then there was a guy whose lightning, whose house got hit by lightning when Zeph told him it would the next day, and it did. We're about to go to the telephones with Zeph Daniel, uh, who, again, whose book, uh, he's written a book uh, called Lamb, and uh, we're discussing, I guess, the human soul, uh, mostly. And, Zeph, I've got a couple things I would like to ask, if you don't mind, before we do that, before we go to the phones, which should be extremely interesting. Um, NDEs, when a person, you know, I've interviewed many, many people over the years, Zeph, who have had... NDEs, and they do all describe just about the same thing, that the tunnel, the light, the relatives, the whole Megillah, it comes so frequently and it's so similar that it's hard not to believe when you get the collective evidence together. And I've really talked to experts about this, Seth. I mean, psychologists and uh, people who have done a lot of uh, hypnosis. I mean, they've really done serious clinical work, and they believe in it. But what do you think is really happening when a person is experiencing so-called near-death? What's happening, really? Well, the only thing I can tell you about that tunnel of light is that I have been, again, this is in the spirit, for, for many years, warned, don't go into that light. And so, I, oh no, here we. Uh, so, all right. Uh, have Have you been listening to a lot of John Lear? 
No. All right. Well, look. John told me, as you, I think you know. This is strange. <laughs> uh, John Don Lear told me that Whitley Strieber told him, uh, if I have it straight, and I hope I do this time, that you don't go to the light. You go to the darkness. The light is a trick. Now, right. that plagues me that that was said to me, and you're going to sit here and tell me that's right, aren't you? Not only that, but um, I had uh, said this in 19... In 1990 and 1992, you did. And and uh, is there I, any record of that? There's I there's there's no record. I'm just saying I'm very happy to have this kind of confirmation that I'm not the only one that thought that. And um, do you have any idea how that screws up the average Christian kind of person, even if you're not a Christian? Do you understand how badly that messes with our minds? I well, mean, I am we, a we all know the light is good. We all know the darkness is bad. I mean, most Christians do. So go to yes. the light. Go to well, the light. Well, I'm a, a, a I'm a gospel believing, Jesus loving Christian. And you you'd go to the dark. And I would go to the dark. Oh man! But that I have known about that since 1990. Well, then what do we have up, or I guess I should say down there? I mean, these poor lambs, to grab the title of your book, who yes. walk <laughs> into the light and then off the cliff into the pits of burning sewage. I don't know what, what's going to happen to them. I'm all I know. Look, all I know is for me personally, it's don't go in there. <laughs> and I know other people would succumb. Now, here's what I think is going on there. Listen, it's the idea of getting again permission, permission, free will, very important, free will and permission. So, getting th this sort of uh, permit. Now, when a when a soul is taken in that way. Say permission is given, and that soul goes on a journey through the light, and they, they're going to go somewhere else, let's say. Let's say they wind up being traded or used in a hybrid or who knows, any number of things, or they wind up back on Earth, or they, who knows where they're going to go. Yes. Uh, it's not over yet for that soul, right? The soul is eternal. Um, so let's look at the light as maybe a mistake or maybe a limitation rather than a final, me, rather than a fine, absolutely final decision. Right. I mean. Okay, and that's that's very important because I really don't believe that that's the end all and be all mistake. That's it. You're in hell. That no, I don't believe that. If a person goes into the light, that's it. I don't believe that. I'm just saying for me, where my they might, soul spend, track, they might spend a little time as a pig. But who knows where they're going to go? But for my particular soul track, it's it's not there. I have a real intense need to go to eternity, so that's where I want to go. I don't want to go into more um, various incarnations or various, whatever it is out there that the soul will continue to go through. It, it, so that's been but my Zeph, instruction. Zeph, Zeph, what if you're wrong? Well, I wouldn't be wrong for me, but it, maybe, it, maybe this information would be wrong for someone else's soul. Maybe someone else's soul needs to go through that. I can understand that. Uh, uh, each soul is different. Each soul is on a different track, and what's right for me may not be right for you or someone else. So, well, yeah, but it, it sounds like a sort of an absolute knowledge: the darkness is the place to go, not the light. And well, it's perfectly backwards. <laughs> perfectly backwards, and somehow, I don't know. Ever since I've heard this, it's bugged the you know what out of me because it was always an easy choice before. God is up there with the light. The devil and the burning pits are down there in the darkness. And but see, the things uh, on earth, for example, the things of the devil look really godly. 
Uh-huh. They, they got a sheen to them. But they're see, they're you know, beautiful. But you wouldn't think that God would engage at that critical juncture in a person's life slash death in, you know. Right. Boy, did you take the wrong turn kind of joke on on souls. And is that soul harboring or is lodged in that soul some sort of resentment toward God? And does that, is there more Well, the minute you head into the darkness and it was wrong, you'd be resentful as all hell. I just don't think there's a mistake in that situation. I think uh-huh. that uh, maybe, uh, you know, the other, wherever that confirmation of what I had seen came from, maybe that's where their soul track is leading, where mine is. So we have a confirmation, and perhaps a lot of people won't agree, and they want to go to that light, and they want that love from their relatives. Who I mean, wouldn't it be logical that we would want the love and, and, and the, the connection and the... Uh, Spiritual blessing of being connected in an eternal state and in, in, in a uh, in a spiritual state with our lost loved ones to know that it's to not some over. Some of them, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, for some of us, uh, we're not going that way. That's all. And 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 people are going to make their own decisions. And all right. Well, I don't is... think I don't. I just don't think there's a mistake necessarily. But if you know the knowledge, if this rings true in your spirit. And then you go against what you know. If, if this makes sense to you, what I'm saying, to go to the dark in that particular situation, then you violate that and go to the light and, you know, suffer. Well, you know, you knew better. And then you went against what you knew. All right. God, that's incredible. Uh, all right. Soul travel, the ability to travel in with your soul outside the body, astral travel, I also have interviewed endless numbers of really good people on this subject and they claim absolutely soul travel astral travel is real and you agree with that it's real right well there's or, or not there i agree in that there's travel in this but there's two methods of this one is uh self-willed travel that is i let's say you want to be a sorcerer and you want to go from point a to point b doing your will yes okay that's one thing that's astral travel but when you're talking about, say, being a servant of God and, and going in the spirit where he takes you, then that soul travel or spirit travel, traveling in the spirit, for example, when John uh, traveled through time to view Revelation, let's say, when he was writing down the, the book of Revelation, he traveled in the spirit. And, uh, and then he wrote down what he saw in the past tense. Because he had seen it, so he traveled. Uh, a, a good friend of mine traveled to this um, this Dulcy base at the will of the Lord to to dislodge the souls. In other words, to liberate the souls from. He said there were thousands of people kept captive down there at Dulcy. At Dulcy, by, now, by who, what our government or or I don't know, aliens or representatives of the dark side? More likely, I, I guess you would think. That well, that's a subject of inquiry now. That's a that's a service that we're doing with Dulcie, and and he ministered in the spirit to those souls to leave those bodies that they have, in, you know, locked up in cages and some experiments. And he said some were used as food for for uh, these hybrid or alien beings. And, um, what? That that wait a minute. That we fed human souls to aliens. Not human souls, but that the human bodies, the experiments that were done. Let's say, I said, well, what happens when they're done with an experiment? Say, yes. 
do a genetic experiment on on a, you know a, a human body and you make some abomination, what do they do? And they, yes. they grind it up for food and they eat it. Ah. Oh. So anyway, I said, well, so what did you do? He said he went there and um, preached to them the, the, about God and about the liberation, and they all left. And I said, well, then they left husks down there. So what does that mean? Husks. Are there just a bunch of husks down in Dulcie? They're not actually right. people with souls anymore. Empty containers. Empty containers now, and that was the work that we've been doing. And I had, uh, I had been involved in something similar to that. Uh, earlier. Anyway. Are, are you aware of whether our government is in, intermixed and mingled in all of this in some way? Well, right. you can't say that, well, who's the government? I mean, you have the government you see on TV. I doubt they're down there, right? Then you have this so-called shadow government. Yes. And people say that, uh, you know, there are certain military uh, uh, wing, you know, factions of the military and other things. We've had testimony from people who had been in a shootout down there with so you're not blaming all this on george bush right no all right no, we pray so this george would bush. only be the shadow government i just you know if, if you're caught up in that whole thing boy that's a that's a conundrum that again you're in a you're in a spiritual position of of evil and um who knows where all that's going to lead uh, and what is involved with this dulcie thing i was given a prophecy about this about Someone was talking about an alien invasion or a fake rapture with yes. the aliens yes. coming up. And uh, I was shown uh, just two days ago a vision of how of an invasion, but it was an internal invasion. It would begin in dreams. People would start having dreams now of these beings. And uh, they would have dream abductions and dream experiences. And those could be very harsh with these entities because... Uh, uh, only you're saying these these really aren't dreams. These really are abductions. No, no, they're no? they're dreams. But the purpose of these these the invasion coming in dreams first is to get permission uh -huh. from people to be taken. That old free will thing. Right, and so now they're going to start. This oppression is going to be terrible. It's involving perhaps half the planet, and uh, many people are going to start having these collective alien dreams. Of, uh, and they could also be um, couched in other terms. In other words, it doesn't have to be like aliens with bug eyes and ships and all that. And all of this just hit you two days ago. This was, um, well, there's a lot to this, Art. Um, I, I think that one of my, uh, my purpose at this point is to fight this whole thing in the spirit. And I'm a spiritual warrior, so I fight that particular uh, aspect of human oppression, which is the... And I put in big quotes the alien situation mm -hmm. because it's it's a it's a quite a mystery. But in the spirit, it's no mystery. It's 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 the oppression and enslaving of human beings, and I'm very against that. So we fight that anyway. Uh, prophetically, I'm warning people that if you start having these kinds of dreams, uh, seek God and seek Him in this way. Don't just say, "Oh, please fix this." I'm having nightmares. Mm -hmm. You know, or, or precursors of, of more horrible things to come. Uh, uh, you know, maybe I've been going the wrong way in life, but Father, could you just carry me along or just show me something? I just, I'm going to just lay myself open to you. You know, submit, uh, give up. You know, lay back. Don't, don't engage your will, but ask in earnest to be helped with this. Because and that's the only way it's going to stop. I, I, I that's. 
if you if you want to put God in a box and ask Him questions based on answers you want to get, nothing's going to happen there. It's going right. to be God's not going to be put in a box, and He may not deal with you the way you want to be dealt with. All right, Seth. I have no way of knowing what awaits you on these blinking lines in front of me. Could be anything, Zeph. It could be. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm ready for anything, Art. Well, uh, you need to be. Uh, and, and here it comes. First time caller line, you're on the air with Zeph Daniel. Hello. Hey, good evening. Thank you, and God bless both of you guys. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, you know, i got a question for you, Zeph. Uh, you know, I've been listening to what you've been saying. I, I, while I was driving down the interstate, I was cutting in and out. But I did catch a lot on what you were saying about uh, uh, your dreams as far as your psychic will. That's I know that's definitely the wrong term, but, you know, I... I do have de I have definitely had dreams, uh, earthquakes in China, uh, planes going down in Nova Scotia, things of that nature. Two and three days before these things are happening. Wow. Um, now have you, you warned here. Have you warned people? Have you have you warned people? Uh, no, because for so long in my life I'd had these types of dreams that I'd been told as a young child discount them. That's the devil. It's nothing to worry about. It. You're just seeing things. Been told I was crazy quite a bit. <laughs> no, You've been I, told you. Well, hey, this is a good call, Art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, I, I walk around. I've got a wife. I've got kids. I've got a family. I have a job. You know. And I by just, the way, Zeph is married too, right, Zeph? Yes. Uh, and your wife sounds uh, sounded quite nice. She called earlier to confirm the telephone connection, and I thought she sounded uh, quite nice. What does she think about all this, Zeph? Well, she's been. We've been together since nineteen. 92, and so she's been a witness to the the whole process that I've gone through. And, and has she confirmed any of this for you? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and all, uh, she she just told me on one of the breaks. She said, you know, not just you, but she's seen the ships. She's seen reptiles. Hey, you know what? You know what, Zeph? Call her. Can you hang on a minute? Sure thing. All right, I'm going to put you back on hold. Hey, Zeph. Yeah. Uh oh, darn it! I I, I think I've got him. Uh, Zeph, put your wife on. Okay, hold on a sec, Art. All right. Seems a reasonable thing to do now, doesn't it? I don't know why. She she lives with him, and, uh, I mean, a lot of this is very, very, very fantastic stuff, but, but then, on the other hand, uh, his delivery is quite cogent. Hello? Uh, hi there. Hi, Art. What is your first name? Patricia. Patricia. Patricia, you know... More people call me Trish these days. Okay, Trish, off, then we'll make it Trish. Okay. Uh, Trish, listen, a lot of what your husband says is pretty out there for a lot of people. Uh, on the other hand, it's very cogent, as I just observed before you got on the line. Ah. And you've lived with your husband now since, what, 92, was it? Let's see. Oh, what year is this, 2004? Yeah, I think. Uh... 92 we got together? All right. Yes. So, so oh, a long time. Yes. Um, how can you confirm what Zeph is saying? I, I mean, have you observed anything that really strongly leads you to believe that what Zeph is saying is dead on? Yes. Absolutely. You've seen ships? Oh, yes. And, and even before I met him. But the most uh, awesome thing was that night when he surrendered you know, to God. Yes. And that was such an awesome thing. I mean, it was a complete change for both of our lives because 
you know, we'd always known God, but we never really knew him like we did then. And um, he's the one that, you know, filled in the blanks and, you know, taught taught us what was going on. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, to say that uh, during the time when a lot of the programming was unraveling for Zeph, when he was starting to come out of denial and heal, start to heal, uh, you were you were a great uh, input right there because a lot of the stuff, the weird stuff that had gone on in our lives, you know, such as you know, quote unquote aliens or whatever, demonic this and that. You've seen was al- being talked about on your show. Have you seen these aliens? I have seen some weird stuff. All right. Um- I'm going to come back to you for a minute when we get back from the break. So you hold on to the phone and let Zeph relax for a few minutes, all right? Okay. All right, good. Uh, Zeph and his wife are my guests at the moment. I'm Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast AM. line at area code 775-727-1295. The first-time caller line is area code 775-727-1222. To talk with Art Bell from east of the Rockies, call toll-free at 800-825-5033. From west of the Rockies, call 800-618-8255. International callers may reach Art by calling your in-country Sprint Access number, pressing option 5 and dialing toll-free 800-893-0903. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. So what do you think, Pookie? Is life a circle, as she sang, or is it a straight line? Do you go to the light or do you go to the darkness? Is the light really a trick? My guest is Seth Daniel, and now his wife, for a few more moments, we'll be right back. 
to be sure, a lot of what Zeph Daniel says is pretty wild stuff. I mean, it's absolutely out there. There's no question about it. And his wife is on the line. I couldn't resist. She's willing. Bless your heart for doing it. I mean, what have you seen that would tend to confirm? You said you saw, you've seen ships, you've seen aliens. What can you describe to me that you've seen that validates all of this? And how did it happen? Well, Art, it's lovely talking to you. I guess uh, what I've seen mostly is I've gone through a period of, well, close to 15 years now uh, with Steph, and I'm really grateful that uh, Yahweh, our creator, has given me his, him as my husband and my soulmate because uh, I guess in my own soul track I needed uh, to, to hook up with him and, and, and be a blessing to him and him be a blessing to me. Soulmates, it's called. I, I've got that. But what, what has confirmed for you the things that he's telling me tonight? I mean, you've been there listening. Well, like, for instance, what, what specifically would you... Would you I don't know. You said I can confirm the, uh, the tunnel thing. Yeah, I remember we were living in Laguna Niguel at the time, and he was just on a rampage. He was like, you know, whatever you do, don't, you know, don't fall for that one. And, and then uh, shortly after that, the John Lear... You're talking about the light and the darkness? Yeah, yeah. like going into the tunnel thing. Yeah. Yep, yep. And at the time, I was like, I don't even really know what you're talking about. And then, but I, in the spirit, I did. And I was like, oh, that's a warning. And a strange thing happened when my own father passed away. Oh. Uh, my last conversation with him on the phone. I was living in Malibu, California. We were at the time. And uh, he's in Alaska, right? Yes. He's dying. And he says... And I'm like, oh, upset because I'm not there to, to help. Or I feel like I should be doing something. And of course. I can't get away because we're in the middle of this film thing. And, and uh, he says, it's okay, honey. Everything's going to be all right. He goes, don't trust the aliens. This is my dad, you know, like Mr. Straight. And I'm like, okay, Dad, I know. I never have trusted him, you know. And uh, I, I uh, my first sighting of a weird uh, flying saucer type thing, I guess was when I was 14, in Alaska. Uh, you know, that happened. I've seen other things. I've seen interdimensional beings. I've seen winged demons. I've seen all kinds of weird stuff. But I can tell you one thing. Jeff is a healer, and I knew that when I first met him, and now more and more I've seen that come to pass um, with a lot of people being blessed by what he does. He could you could read the phone book to somebody and, and, you know, something will happen. All right. Listen, I, I want to thank you for coming on the phone. Go ahead and hand well, it. Well, it's great to talk to you, Art. Good you to know? talk to you. And go ahead and hand it back to your husband. Okay. And thank you for, for coming on. So, thank you, hmm. and, and God bless you. You as well. All right. Back now to Zeph. Uh, yes, Art, I'm, I'm back. Okay. Well, that, that was interesting, certainly, to hear. And um, now, you know, you're going to leave me the way John Lear did, now even more in doubt about all this for the rest of my life, and then then I don't know what. So you're healed I, of this. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know what I am. Uh, anyway, listen, I've had this caller on hold. I'm bringing him back now because I don't think we were done. Call you're back on. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for uh, bringing me back on, guys. Mm. Uh, the point I was trying to get to and the question that I have specifically um you know, most of the visions and the, the dreams that I have, because these all come to me just as dream states, just hitting that good deep sleep, or usually coming right out. Um, why am I getting a lot of these lately? Uh, 
specifically related to uh, brothers, sisters. Uh, the last one I had in particular was, was I saw a specific site situation inside a vehicle where she was having an affair. Why am I seeing these sorts of things, and why do they come to me, and what is this curse or is it a gift? Huh. And, and all of these dreams uh, are true. In other words, manifest themselves in real life, right? They're materializing, exactly. Well, that must exactly. have been a troubling last one you had. Uh, Zeph, all right, well, you said there would be a lot of dreams beginning, right? That's right, and that's also biblical about this time we're in. And uh, the, the dreams mean that he's being called to service. He's being called to warn people. He's being called to, to let others know, to not keep this bottled up, but to the more that you use this gift to warn and to help people, the more you'll actually, maybe this is a curse in a sense, but the more you'll be given. So, All right. I, I have a friend, a very close friend of mine, Zeph, uh, a fellow named Daniel Brinkley, and he was struck by lightning. And because of that lightning strike, uh, he, he gained a power that over the years has begun to fade. But when it was at its peak, which was immediately following the trauma, when he was recovered enough to begin experiencing the things that he experienced, uh, I know for a fact that he had powers. He could visualize things. He could write down. If you had an enemy, uh, he could he could draw he could draw a picture of the enemy's house and car and that person. And oh my God, he was Daniel was really one strange cat for quite a while, and that was a trauma. The trauma of a lightning bolt being virtually electrocuted, fried alive. Well, he was. And when you see in the spirit, you see ahead of what comes in the flat in the physical. Your trauma was early in life and ritualistic uh, abuse. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you uh, just to give an example of um, uh, what happens to people. A lot of them dissociate, and you've heard of mul MPD, multiple personalities. Oh yes. Uh, and then of course they'll try to use those and program those alters to to produce what they want. The one thing you can say about it, now this is highly organized bloodline elite over generation Satanism. It's not something you read about on the internet. You'll never see anything about this on the on the net. Okay, this is you know this is. Um, How long have you been a listener, Zeph? Uh, well, I listened to to you in the early '90s, and then uh, it's been on and off. Have I, you have you listened through the years that I interviewed Father Malachi Martin? You know, I listened very briefly once in a while, but I'll tell you one interview you did with him that stuck because I understood this, and and I also understand I know of him and his work. But when he talked about the uh, possession and the perfectly possessed yes. people. Exactly. He used that term perfectly possessed. He simply said that these people were ordinary people that you would pass and will pass in the street every single day who have made a deal with the devil. They've yeah. just simply made a quiet, comfortable deal with the devil. And as a result of that quiet, comfortable deal, they're perfectly possessed. He said, I know them when I pass them on the street. Well, you know them from the death because you feel the death. You feel the cold death. There's no uh, light. There, you know, they have to. Now, what these people have to do once you've done that is you must, uh, you know, you must get power from external. So, you know, you do things to get power. You know, you might, um, 
get close to someone who hasn't made that deal and siphon off a little of their life force, if you will, and you are given the power to do that like a vampire, like a psychic vampire. Yes. And they'll do that to keep that light, to keep from fading out. But they're they're very... Uh, that's the curse that, that happens. You make that deal with the devil, and you become dead, in a sense, and you have to start feeding. And feeding is any number of things, but that's, that's the curse. That's why I feel sorry for them. And this is not a deal that has to be made, according to Father Martin, by the, the horned one appearing before you. This is simply something you only have to think and agree to. And you, consent, yes. And you agree with that? I agree that consent, free will, is the key. Yeah, well... But if, if you decide right now, I mean, I could decide right now that I'm going to consent, and I'll bet you anything that you, I would see a whole bunch of, of uh, sudden magical blessings occur. That, for example, someone I might find a check in the mailbox. Or yeah, I might yeah. find a, an opportunity. A door opens to publish millions of copies of books or whatever. Something like that would happen to confirm my quiet consent. And then I would go open that door, and I'd go through that door, and I'd go down that path, and I'd meet other people, and pretty soon, and all of a sudden, and down the road a little ways, and I'm then I'm I'm really in it then, you see, because once I'm down that far, and I've taken the money, and I've taken the deal, and I've taken the stuff, now, let's say suddenly I, I say, oh, gosh, I made a mistake. Too late. I don't. How am I going to get out of it? In, I guess I could pay with my life. I could say, let them kill me, and that would be my penance for what I did. But I don't know. I don't know. All right, all right. Look, back to the lines. Wildcard line, you're on the air with Zeph Daniel. Hello. Zeph, thank you so much for all the validation, and uh, I want to... I wanna, um praise you for being brave enough to come on and, and speak of such things. Uh, the I praise question, the Lord, because I don't have any... any, any uh... Yeah, I understand that. Um, the, the thing, I, I've uh, had an interesting path myself, but the thing that I'm interested in finding out from you is uh, what things uh, do you do or have you done to... Uh, discern God's will. I, I know I've done things uh, like open the Bible at random and have the answers there. I've uh, used a coin to flip before. Uh, uh, some people use a pendulum. I'm just curious as to what uh, means. Uh, That's interesting. You, you all, right, all right, all right. Let's ask. Uh, in other words, when you when you ask for a sign, God, give me a sign, something. Well, it, a good way of Phrasing that would be, how do you know it's not the devil tricking you, you know, and how do you know it's God? Oh, okay, that's a good question, yes. You know, and, and one, the, the very best way I know is to get quiet time alone where I can say, and just ask the question, just like I'd be talking on the phone here. Uh, that's, you know, in prayer. People say it's in prayer, but I think uh, we need to do more than just pray once in a while. You, you need to be in a, in a relationship. And, you know, you're going, well, God, is that you or is that something else? Is that my own ego? Is that, you know, a demon? Is that you? And, and that's, and you kind of stumble along. I think we all stumble and we all struggle with this. And sometimes we are deceived and then we learn a lesson. Oftentimes when we make a mistake and we say, oh, that's God's will, it was really my will, you stumble, you fall. And then you get back up, and then you dust yourself off, and you say, hey, I learned something there. And maybe maybe that lesson sticks and you don't do it again. You know, there's no guarantee we're not going to have pain. 
and we're not going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes, and every time we make a mistake, I guess ultimately, you know, if the soul keeps progressing, it would all always be God's will in the end. Hmm. But in terms of that kind of discernment, that has to come in time. That's why they call wise men wise men, because they are better at that discernment. And foolish men are foolish men. If you should accidentally, I guess, walk into a traditional church and the preacher's up there saying, Come to God's light, do you stand up and shout, No! <laughs> well, you're not talking about that tunnel after that. You... Well, yeah, but the light, the darkness. Well, if he says, come to the light, you know, the, the, the light is Christ. And, but, but and, I mean, that doesn't I'm, that set up the trickery? I, I, well, light, light, light. God, God, God. Association, right? Light, well, we, God. We do know this. Here's, this is kind of, you know, tricky territory, if you will. That, 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 the, that Lucifer uh, appears as often as an angel of light. A lot of the things of the devil are beautiful and they look godly and you go whoa you know it's it, it it can impress you that way and at the same time he also appears as the you know the angel of darkness mm -hmm. and evil mm. but he ha he goes everywhere on that continuum he's he's everywhere and he's good and bad but in relative earthly terms rather than ultimate uh, uh objective um absolute terms Hey, Zeph, is life a circle or a straight line? <laughs> Don't answer that. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Zeph Daniel. Hello. Hi. All right, how you doing? Hi, I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, first off, I just want to make a short statement. Zeph is absolutely correct. I know where you're at with this. I've been going through this all my life. Man, you're batting a thousand here, Zeph. And the thing is, is that... This material world is just the material world. It is the spiritual or soul that he's talking about. Mm -hmm. That is, that is yeah. what's real. Yeah. Okay. Turn, okay. Turn your radio. Question... Hey, wait. Wait. Okay. Wait. Turn your radio off. Okay. Yeah. Turn it off. The first rule. Okay. First rule of talkdom is turn off your radio. There it is. It's off. All right. Good. Okay. The question I wanted to ask him is because he was talking about dreams and stuff, and I just wanted to ask him, have you had the dream with the fire raining down out of the sky? I have had that dream before, but not recently. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned the moon and this thing that was on the moon. Uh, it was shown to me that the moon was hollow. And so whatever it is that you were saying that you were shown in the spirit, I don't think it's on the surface. I think it's it's hollow. Did you know that the uh, that NASA actually did some experiments with uh, detonations of some sort on the moon and got all this ringing that was really weird that they couldn't explain? Are you explain? serious? Oh, I'm always serious about this sort of thing. Yes, they they got a ringing they could not explain. Oh my God! And I was told in this dream. Because I was shown the moon, and I was shown two halves of it. Now, I don't know what this means, but I was told in the dream that the moon is split up in equal lateral eclipses, whatever that means. All right. Well, dream stuff again. So more more people with the dreams. Well, yeah, the dream everybody, everybody dreams. Right, but all right, we all dream. We know that. So, um, how do we separate the dream dreams from the kind of dreams you were talking about? 
Well, well, this kind of dream is, it, first of all, it, it, it will reveal itself as something completely other than any other kind of dream. In other words, it will seem, you know how sometimes you'll have a dream that seems very real, even more real than life. You're sort of saying you'll know it when you have it. You'll know it when you have it. I remember this one incident. Uh, I might as well relate this very quickly if I could. It's, it's, you can. Okay, there is a... Um, when uh, I was together with uh, my wife in 1992, uh, I, I was going through an awakening then that got stopped. But here's what happened. Okay, one of these little beings, a small gray, if you will, is headed exactly the size, the, the, the height of the doorknob appeared. Now, there were also UFO sightings over the house, and there was a battle going on in the spirit, and we were fighting back and forth, and I felt they were trying to get me well, anyway, he shows up in the room, black eyes the whole bit, and there was like a little light behind the eyes that was moving. And immediately thereafter, I blacked out. And I went into a dream state where I was being dragged across this hotel motel, a seedy motel room, as if I was going to be dragged out the door. Yes. And I grabbed onto something and wrenched myself awake. And I was deathly afraid. I couldn't even get out of the bed. And uh, because because that being was there, and I realized that that dream I had was them, but to, but they were like two thugs carrying me across the motel room. That's how it was masked. That's how it came forth, and that was an alien dream. Sounds like it. And and uh, it was wholly other, completely other than anything dream, dreamt before by me. And then that triggered, that experience triggered. The memory of the uh, the uh, satanic ritual with children. That's when that's when it all came flooding in. I had it triggered me right then, and then I went to a healer for help. I, I and then I he scared me, and there I went to another person for help, and they wanted to lock me up, because you see, in other words, what did that person that wanted to lock me up, who who appeared as this woman therapist who wanted to. You know, a psychologist who said, "Well, we'll lock you up for three days in a in a seclusion, mm -hmm. and then you'll get through it, and we'll help you." Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, "What are you talking about?" It's a seventy-two hour hold, they call it. Well, and and that was her suggestion. All right, when right, I explained right. What was Zep, happening? Hold on okay. for a moment. Uh, not seventy-two hours, but just a very few less, and we'll be right back. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. Like a freight train through the night.
the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Want to take a ride? To talk with Art Bell, call the wildcard line at area code 775-727-1295. The first-time caller line is area code 775-727-1222. To talk with Art Bell from east of the Rockies, call toll-free 800-825-5033. From west of the Rockies, call 800-618-8255. International callers may reach Art by calling your in-country Sprint Access number, pressing option 5 and dialing toll-free 800-893-0903. Ain't it ever? Ain't it? Seth Daniel is my guest. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. Definitely one of these where you make up your own mind. Crazy? Or, well, maybe not. Maybe not. And so far, these are just random calls. The answer is not. We'll be right back. Once again, uh, Zef Daniel. Zef, um, I, I received a plea on, um, on the computer here that, uh, you plead, the person is lost and they don't know about Dulcie and they didn't know what you were referring to. Uh, explain Dulcie. Uh, Dulcie is a, uh, a rumored, purported underground military alien base in Dulcie, New Mexico, which is right near the Colorado border, and supposedly it's on the Archuleta Mesa, which is about two and a half miles from. Dulcie's really just a, you know, like a general store and a gas station is all it is. But underground. And it's underground, and um, we've been dealing with it in the spirit, put it that way, and um, there's more than one of us. On, it's a project that I've gotten involved in, and there's one person that you might call a remote uh, spiritual, um, instead of a remote viewer, let's say, he goes there in the spirit, and that, that also happens with me. He's going there to, to liberate those souls from the, the, the bodies that are being tortured. That's why I asked you about government involvement and knowledge. Um, I have the, what I know is this, I know something from uh, a man that was, is no longer with us named Sol Schneider, who gave testimony about Dulcie and, and underground installations. So, And he's spoken to the UFO community, quote-unquote, and that's available on the Internet. And I know just what other people have read. I have viewed it in the spirit. Right. And I also have myself interviewed. Uh, I know a person that does remote viewing who finds missing persons and um, is involved in murder cases uh, and remote views it. Well, uh, she is now... Focusing on this, on Dulcie for the first time, changing her method. In other words, on missing person, and this is the first time she's being led to do that. So maybe a lot of them are at Dulcie. 
There's three of us. Well, from what I heard yesterday from my Native American friend, uh, we're looking at, he said, thousands of victims. And um, so that's the kind of thing that we do in terms of, I guess, we would go to a place like that in the spirit and minister to them, because you can do that, and uh, and liberate those souls, because the, the, the Father will take those souls out of those vessels. This has been known to happen when um, there was Christian persecution in the uh, olden times, how they, the martyrs would die with smiles on their faces, because their souls would be taken, they would be gone at the moment of extreme torture. They would be dislodged and taken home. And it was so uncanny that it, it, it blew the minds of all the torturers and executioners, so much so that many of them converted and became Christians. <laughs> Be- all right, uh, here we go now. There's a lot of people here. East of the Rockies, okay. you're on the air with Zeph Daniel. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Where are you? I am in New Hampshire. All and, the way up um, in New Hampshire, okay. I'm kind of a new listener to your program, and um, I caught most of the conversation tonight, and I have background as a Wiccan priestess, and I had strange situations happen to me, and I ended up in a hospital, but a lot of the stuff that I believe um, the author is speaking about is very misleading, especially possibly to some of your listeners who may not have any you know, knowledge of the subjects, and I feel that he's kind of mincing words and kind of confusing people out there. And what do you think he's misleading people about, Well, specifically? <laughs> Specifically, sure. I could go into like a lot of things. Like, well, just you know, give me one. Okay. Um, from from my experience, I believe that, um, like he was talking about the tongue and the white light, that if you are a true Christian, then you are a follower of God. I believe that there's really only one true religion. That's my espoused belief right now at this time. And say that is the case, and I do believe it's called the truth. And I believe this gentleman has been mixing, you know, has a satanic background. You are following Satan, and therefore Satan works through people. Like as he says, he shows himself as the light. He, you know, all these wonderful things. How does he? How does he not? How does he not know that he's still not doing Satan's work by promoting this book and putting false ideas out there? Okay, that's a fair about, question. All right, let's. You, all right. you know what I'm saying? I mean, well, I can yes, probably I do. So hold, guy. On. I don't hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, well, I could, know, I, I take could a deep disagree. breath, Zeph. We're doing the devil's work, Zeph. Well, I, I of course, you... I disagree with that. I follow Yahushua, which means Yah, or God is salvation and truth, life and way. That's the way I follow. That's what got me out of trouble. That's what, what broke my again? Excuse me, I didn't, I didn't mean to butt in. What was the name of your God that you are following again? Jesus. Jesus. Um there is a, a someone that is above Jesus, that is his father. Do you know that name of that God? Of course, Yahweh. Uh, that you're pronouncing incorrectly. You uh, know no, I'm not, actually. It's Jehovah. Jehovah oh, came well, All right, come on. Tomato, tomato. No, 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 no. There is a fine line. Jehovah is God's well, true name. Sounds like his you're talking about the same, truth. same, same. And I, know, I found Yahweh in my occult books. Yahweh is a... It's the way that you pronounce it if you are trying to do um, uh, musical, it's like alliteration, the way that you think so that you're saying the name properly. But you are not, and I know this to be true. He's tricking us then, is that right? Uh, yes, he is. All right, so there you are, you're tricking us. Well, could I say something about Yahweh? Yes, you may. Yes. Okay, Yahweh from the Hebrew of Y-H-W-H is the transliteration, Yahweh. 
And Yahushua, the name, the real name of Jesus, means Yahweh is salvation. And I just follow that. And so the God I follow, I also call him God and Father. Okay. And if you have the Father, you have the Son. Sounded like you were talking about the same to me, and it was just a matter of pronunciation. I know. I, I, I pray, uh, you know, that I have not offended. All right. Uh, west of the Rockies, your chance to be offended by Zeph Daniel. Hello. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, thanks for the program. I taking my call. I'm listening on Santa Barbara, California, KTMS 990. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, I have a little personal interest in this, um, in this right here where uh, during the tail end of the Vietnam War, I have about a six week block of erased memory. There's, uh, no memory whatsoever. During, during the which war was it? Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. And, um, I was, I was just, uh, going back to the nuts and bolts, uh, Mr. Daniel about the mind control and what, um, how they administered it. Was it drug, light? Was it implantation? Was it just sexual abuse? I just. All right, fair question. Sure. Okay. Uh, the mind control administered mind, in what way is it? Mind control, you know, beginning at, at, when you're talking about, uh, satanic ritual abuse, you are talking about, uh, some pretty horrific things. You're talking about sexual molestation, torture, you're talking about human sacrifice for the uh, and to have children participate in it. And I'm not going to go into too much about my personal involvement, just to say this, that I was removed from the this situation at an early age because I fought back. But then they mind-controlled me in a different way, i.e. putting, you know, counselors and people around me to convince me that, re that I didn't see what I had seen. Mm-hmm. And now what I want to ask the caller is this. You have a you long... You can't ask the caller anything. She's gone. Oh, well, he, well there was a long time of missing, of, of just a, a blank, which, which signifies some yes. kind of trauma. Something, yeah, something. Something happened there. Um, all right. Um, while we have the chance, uh, International Line, you're on the air with Zeph Daniel. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Okay, sir. Uh, my name is James from Toronto. Okay. Um, first, I'd like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, great. Because uh, we're having our Thanksgiving out here in Toronto. Okay. Um, okay. So um, he's he's had some some issues with satanic uh, abuse. Um, does he think that he's been hypnotized in any way? Does, does he think that he's been replaying this um, idea of abuse in his mind like a movie, trying to correct it, but at the same time he's still giving out the same information that, that's been programmed into him. Ooh. Uh, there's, a, there's a snaggler of a question. That's All a right. good question. Uh, what uh, about it, Ziff? Well, when I was in you know, denial about all this stuff, uh, and I had memory, um, no memory, because when you at three and four and five years old, you know the memories are uh, overcome, but there was a trauma there. And... Uh, I think I had to keep filling in this nice little, little, that it never happened. You know, I kept having to do that. But I had some real psychological problems. Um, yeah, but the real thrust of the man's question was, yeah. are you sure you're still not playing it out and replaying what happened to you? I mean, that's a legit question. Yes. Um, I am 
how free am I at this point? I would say this. I've, I've gone through a lot of healing, but occasionally I'll have, I'll have, uh, like post-traumatic stress, you know, issues. Yes. Where I will be, um, suddenly, uh, because there was self-destruct programming put in me and that's what sometimes gets played and triggered and it's terrible. It's a very terrible time because I, you just feel like, it's it's horrific and it it comes and I have to wait it out till it passes. So yes, I'm still afflicted somewhat in that way, and I'm I pray that you know to get through it and beyond it. All right, first time caller line, you're on the air with Zeph Daniel. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Proceed. Um, I have I totally resonate with what Zeph is saying. Uh, because. Because um, about five years ago, I also started having experiences, and they started out with um, alien experiences where I felt like my consciousness was being taken from my body. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it went in to where I think I, um, I cleansed my home, and it was like, I don't know if it's like the Native American Indians talk about you take your power back. And I got rid of that negative energy and the energy was it made me feel like an animal terror did you feel like what it made me it made it was just like a, a, a animal terror it was just like terror like there was something that totally didn't resonate with like me. a prime primal terror that's exactly. witchcraft that that's a form someone may have put some bad you know something bad on you you know, it sounds like someone threw some witchcraft on you, some negative. Well, you know, I don't know about all you've said tonight, Zeph, but I, I do know that I've talked to a witch and um, here on the air, and she has confirmed in graphic, horrific detail that this kind of ritualistic torture and, and ritualistic even killing of children does go on more than the average American citizen would even dare dream about. There's a horrible, deep, dark secret, and you wonder with so many people involved in it, how do they keep it completely secret? It is, well, maybe because it is so horrible. Uh, but people can, the things that uh, some... uh, some I mean, the real world has punishments for this, you know, like the death penalty. I've never seen any of these. uh, Nor have I. Not one person have I ever seen... Uh, brought before a uh, the law. Yeah, well, maybe maybe that's right, but but those are the penalties that await for some of the deeds that are done. Um, Wildcard line, you're on the air with uh, Zeph Daniel. Yeah, good morning, Art. Good morning, Zeph. Good morning. First of all, Art, welcome back to uh, the WHM airwaves in Rochester overnights here in New York. Oh, that's right. We got back to WHM, didn't we? Yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> um, it beats the trucker. Um, but we won't talk about that. Zeph, I just have a quick question. Uh, what is your view on purgatory? And this is coming from a Catholic. Uh, after and after death. Well, the closest thing I could tell you about uh, a purgatory experience, it may parallel, is I was taken in the spirit to... I lived at the site of an Indian massacre in New Mexico at one time, and then I realized I was brought there. To, I was taken into the spirit by the Lord to minister to the traumatized Indians that were massacred, mainly women and children in this particular thing that happened. 
And um, it was like a purgatory. It was a, I called it Sheol at the time. And I ministered to them. Uh, I think what I was led to say to them was that all of us would have strung up Jesus on a cross. None of us is righteous, not one of us. And uh, something to that effect. And they they went on to the to another state of being. But where they were was in a in a, in a they were stuck in this state between two worlds. I, I know that's not like the Catholic purgatory where you're you're waiting there for judgment. It is a cleansing. Uh, we sort of view it as a cleansing. Well, in this uh, case, earning earning our way into uh, into heaven. Okay. All I know is, in this particular case, these Indians were holding on to anger and hate and resentment and trauma and shock, and they were stuck and very unhappy. And so they were cleansed, purged of this when they heard the good news that they could emancipate to, you know, in their mind would be the happy hunting grounds. And then, and after I ministered to them, uh, all but a couple of them left. The other two, there were two scouts that stayed behind on that property, and they kept tormenting. They they would, um, you could hear them, their footsteps at night, and you could, uh, they also could do things in in, the, in our world. In other words, they could, they would take, uh, say there was a maintenance guy there, they'd take his tools or they'd hit somebody or something like that. There was poltergeist activity, in other words. Well, they were active on Earth, even though they were in something of a purgatory. But the women and children, the main bulk of them, they went on uh because actually the Lord Jesus was was ministering to them through using me in that, and they moved on. And uh, that probably doesn't answer the question. I don't know about purgatory, uh, sir, because I'm I'm not a uh, I was not raised Catholic. Oh, that's fine. It's all right to say I don't know. East I of the Rockies, don't. you're on the air with Zeph Daniel. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. Turn your radio off, please. It is off. Okay. Now. Yes, hi. I, I just wanted to ask you a question. I have a friend that has MPD, and um, she she is a Christian, and she and I have been friends for about eight years. However, because of the other personality, sometimes I'm dealing with one or dealing with the other. I had an experience one night where I spent the night with her, and, and coincidentally, I had also been looking on uh, coast to coast on the internet at Ghost and you know all of the pictures on there. But before I went to bed, I just posed the question of you know what what am I dealing with with her? What what is this? All right, it's going to have to. I'm sorry to cut you short, but it's going to have to be a pretty pretty quick answer. We're about out of time, Zeph. Uh, what would you say to her? Healing. Uh, I pray in the name of. Lord Yahushua, that you heal this this woman. I can almost hear that other caller yelling. Uh, that you mispronounced. He's tricking us. It's a healing issue. It's a healing issue. When someone has MPD, it they, what they need is a healing. It's a you know pray for the healing of that soul. Right. To reintegrate because that's what happens when people are traumatized. All right, look, buddy, we're out of time. Your book, Lamb. Is available, you're saying, on Amazon.com and right, all the and commonly found places or bookstores or what? It's uh, Right now it's Amazon.com and through the website Zephnet.com, but I think that links back. I also have another book, a satire about mind control in Hollywood called Glass Backwards. Well, if you can laugh about it, a satire, then... Uh... It's very funny, but it's pretty, you know, it's pretty intense. <laughs> All right, well, listen, uh, it's been interesting having you here tonight, and I want to thank you. 
I thank you, Art. Good night, Zeph. Good night. All right, folks, that's it for this weekend. That's all the time we've got. And um, I want to thank the Premier Radio Networks. Um, I want to thank George. I want to thank Lisa Lyon. That's L-I-S-A-L-Y-O-N, who books my guests. She's the one who does that. And her home phone number is 555. Shooting stars across the sky This magical journey Will take us on a ride Filled with the longing Searching for the truth Will we make it to tomorrow Will the sun shine on you Good night 